and uh, welcome to episode three. Episode three, crazy. I'm, I'm really happy that we're, we've kind of hit this little, in my head, it's a landmark anyway, episode three of the Pro Painted uh, podcast. Um, as ever, I'm joined by my two sensual uh, co-hosts, uh, Mr. Mr. Rob Ellis. Hi. You right, mate? How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Good. Uh, can't complain. A little bit of a kind of an itchy, itchy throat. Uh, not been doing too well at work this week, and it was uh, Andy Talbot's 30th birthday party yesterday, so a lot of shouting involved. Better than, an, better than an itchy cock, though, Matt, isn't it? Be- definitely better than an itchy cock. I feel Diesel probably had an itchy cock. He was getting a lot of action uh, <laughs> <laughs> last night. It was good. It was good. Um, Ian, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Not Mr. bad at all. Mr. Gilmore? Yes. Good, good. Yeah. So, um, how have you been? Not bad, yeah. All just taking over, pottering yeah. away, doing multiple projects. Multiple so, projects. yeah. Okay, we'll get on to finish, that. In a finished off his Nazis. Uh, let's just, we're not even going to fucking talk about your wanky deal with Scott, the boss lines. I'm not even going to explain who that is. <laughs> He's so not relevant to the AOS tournament scene nowadays, it's not worth the effort. Um, and yeah, your weird deals because you love painting It's just, we're just not going to cover it. Um, so, um, what have you guys been doing hobby wise then? Anything kind of exciting going on? I've been um, working on my clan squire, so I've finished two of the acolytes now, of course, yeah. uh, the conversion work. Um, so they're ready for undercoating, but I'm still carrying on with conversions. Um, so I've another three to go for the moment. So is that the plan to do? Because if it was me, I tend to do conversions on a unit level. So I would do, so if I've got 10 guys, I'd do 10 guys, then get them undercoated. Or do you approach that differently? I might, I'm, I'm considering either doing it unit by unit. So finish the unit, undercoat and paint them. Yeah. Or I might, I might just convert the entire army mm. and then get all the conversions done and then just start painting it all in one go. So sure. I haven't decided yet. Yeah. Um, but I'm also doing um, some Blood Bowl stuff, which doesn't really, which kind of fits into the AOS scene, but doesn't yeah, it also. Does. What Blood Bowl stuff so, are you doing? Uh, Skaven. So I've got, uh, yes. So that's all um, undercoated, done some minor conversions, and you just need to paint it now. So have that's you, ongoing. Have you got any, do you play Blood Bowl? you got interest in playing it? Yeah, I'm going to a tournament in February. You're going so, to a tournament in February? Whoa, where has this come from? Tournament where? In London. Yeah, run by the Hard Six podcast boys. Right, okay, wow, that's the first so, of it. Yeah, so that's why. Yeah, shout out, shout out to uh, um, the, the Hard Six, very good podcast. I know they, they uh, dabble in both AOS and... Uh, Blood Bowl, but they're a good listener as well. So listen to those boys. Nice, yeah, yeah. no, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. And just sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm literally kind of sidelined slightly by this this reveal that you're going to a Blood Bowl <laughs> tournament, Ian. Um, Secretly, really gamey when it comes to the Blood Bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, wh- wh- where's this come from then? What's kind of made you want to do um, an event? Because um, I'm I used to play Blood Bowl a lot in my teenage years, um, and just fancy playing. So there's nobody around here, so I thought very much like the AOS scene, yeah. where I go to AOS tournaments just to play, and I don't mm-hmm. play any other time. So I thought I'd do the same with Blood Bowl. So, okay, yeah. all right, fair enough, nice. Good luck to you. And yeah. anything else other than those two, 
sexy little project? Uh, not a lot. Just potting around with some destruction stuff as well, doing some rebasing. Right. That's just on. That's just dull and ongoing. <laughs> but you convert. It's not basic rebasing though, is it? It's converting. Uh, yes, yeah, converting. Yes, yeah, converting. Yeah. Make sure we get that right. And yeah. and Rob, no, uh, are you going to reveal that you've finished painting a recently finished conversion at all? No, don't no? be silly. <laughs> no, no, oh, um, no. As as well, I, I was in um, as as Ian just said. Then, um, kind of in two minds. I obviously started painting, um, getting some base colours down, some sort of basic blends on the Egrim model that I'd finished converting. Um, and you know, shout out to Byron Face Hammer, which we'll, we'll cover off the GT in a bit, but um, sort of kind of the experience I had with him up there kind of solidified where I wanted to go with the paint scheme and you know I got back with the intention of doing that and I thought to myself actually I'm gonna you know I looked at well I think mainly it's because I looked at my hobby area and just saw it was just still like you know you've got one set of you've got all your painting stuff and you've got all your converting and modeling stuff and all my modeling stuff and green stuff and everything was still out on the desk so I thought sorry I'm just gonna I'm actually gonna took some inspiration and from, from the GT and thought I'm going to try and fin- tackle and finish my Bellacore model that I sort of put on hold because I sort of the the, uh, the basing idea that I had for it had kind of intimidated me to the point of uh, you know kind of par- paralysis with with completing that project. But I uh, had a little bit of inspiration and uh, thought I'd tackle that and and that's basically what I've been doing and, and the idea I've got for the base I know that I mentioned before that I was perhaps going to have something 3D modelled for it and all the rest of it I'm actually going to tackle it by eye but I've got some I've got some really cool sort of bits and bobs and some ideas for that and uh, thank you to everyone that had so many kind words to say about the the whip the early work in progress I put up of Bellacore on Twitter not so long ago um yeah, it's quite it's, it's quite nice and and sort of gives you that little bit more of an inspiration to to crack on and finish it, I guess. So yeah, um, I'm in full on building converting mode at the moment. I mean, and it does. I mean, it does look awesome. Again, you're showcasing that ability you have of just getting parts from different kits and putting them together with a copious amount of green stuff and just it's not really it. It's not really converting. It is Bellacore particularly, but you're, you're scratch building an awesome model just from GW parts and green stuff. You know, it, it's that level. The, some of the parts you won't even be able to tell what they originally came from. Um, oh, and thanks, even the early work in progress has just looked brilliant. I can't give you enough credit. So I'm disappointed that Egram isn't painted, um, but. I'm excited that you're working on Bellacore, uh, Bellacore being one of my favourite models. Uh, sorry, miniatures in the game. Um, he's awesome. I've done well with him. Um, so, yeah, it's a good choice. Thanks. Um, me, I've got... I'm, I'm kind of had a bit of a flitty today, to be honest. I've got quite a few... Just tidied up the hobby room, which is always a good thing. Um, kind of a little bit all over the place, like with what I want to do. Um, the my, my corn, my blades of corn has been sold. Um, that has been packaged up and shipped off to a buyer in Spain from eBay, so that's gone. Um, a few things I've kept hold of, uh, mostly the Mercia miniatures because they're just awesome. 
Um, I want them for something else in the long run. So I've still got Scarrick and the models I've used as Corgraths and Demon Princes and stuff. They're still sat in my shelf. Um, I just wanted to, sorry, can I just intervene there? That's, I think that's probably not to go sort of too down a, a different path, but I think that's probably one of the real advantages of using perhaps alternate miniatures is, is, is just that, that, you know, if you do sort of change direction and, or, you know, you know, sell it off as something else, then you can keep those and perhaps you know, repurpose them yeah. almost. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, they, they, they quite easily work as a, a warhead. So, you know, Doom Ball, a couple of, yeah. couple of Minotaurs, um, Scarra could get them on the right base and use them as a, as a Gorgon. So, you know, there are options. Who knows what, what the future brings as well? You never know. Um, you know, but they'll always be within reason. So I've got leftovers sat on a shelf, be the rest that they've all gone. Um, so army wise, that leaves me with my, I've got one painted army now, which is the Nurgle, uh, which gives me a few options because of the point increases and the exalted demons actually being useful, which is good. And, um, yeah, it's really just kind of thinking at the moment whether I want to finish my Stormcast off. Um, my, I'm doing Zinch. I've got a full Zinch army now. I've got, well, I've got more than a Zinch army. I've got quite a lot. Um, so that's going to be a, that's going to be a very slow project because I want to paint one model at a time. There's a lot of detail on them. I don't want to be intimidated or frustrated by them. I just want to sit and paint. Um, and it's also a little side project which I'm doing because I want to try out the scale 75 paints, which I wanted to mention. I'm so far, I'm really, really impressed with them. They are for the way that I want to paint nowadays, they allow me to do that. And the reason for that is that they, they, they have a, a transparency to them, um, straight out the pot. Obviously you, you, you thin them down and everything. But they work really, really well. It's a very different way of painting. They're so good for doing layers and transitions. The one thing you get and one thing you do get used to in comparison to with the GW paints is that you you don't get that strong contrast because of the inherent kind of nature of the paints want to be layered. So it can be quite tough to define areas sometimes. So it's something I'm kind of I'm kind of learning because it looks really good and it looks perfect, really, for want of a better word, you know, under a light. But once you take it into normal daylight, it, it, all the all the hard work you put in doing the transitions um, can kind of be lost. So that's because they're so soft. So you almost have to. Yeah. And that's it. You know, that's kind of a similar thing that we've said about your, your your army in the past. But these paints and that's why they'd be great for you because they 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 complement how you paint. But. Um, I'm learning that I have to push the contrast on them, so which in of itself weirdly is a bit tough with the paints. But I'm doing a whole Zinch army um, with those four paints. They're my four paints that I'll be using, and they're four scale 75 colours. Um, they were basically I went up to Les and Russ, for, famously from the uh, the Face Hammer um, podcast, and I said, "Look, I want to want to use some scale 75 paints." What would you recommend? So for those who are interested, the four that have been recommended are, I think it's pronounced anthracite grey, uh, red leather, um, Mojave white and bearing blue. Um, they're also, you have to buy like little bearings to go in the, in the pots because they're like the dropper bottles. Apparently, if you don't have the ball bearings in, they just don't mix at all. And I have noticed that already. Um, there is one GW paint though that's going with this, which is Liberator Gold because with the level of detail on the Zinch models, there's no way I can get away 
with using those colours. Um, I need a fifth colour and I need a metallic. So Liberator Gold has been, again, recommended. That was actually by Byron. Um, he suggested that. So um, that's it. So that'll be an interesting one. It'll be kind of slow burn. I'll put all the progress on the on, on the feed, Twitter feed for people to see. Um, and then I'm also going to kind of write up a little blog post as I make progress with the scale 75 paints just to give people kind of a little bit of advice on what I'm doing with them. But I would definitely say I'm, I'm, I'm impressed so far. If you're if you want something that kind of rewards a bit of patience and a bit of blending, uh, I definitely recommend them. And they're not like expensive paints or anything. And of course, you can order them from Element Games. Um, I think that, that I mean, especially for um, I mean, that's another thing that I learned from Byron at the weekend was you know different paints for different purpose and different mm-hmm. types of armies. And it sounds like you know uh, you know the the with the zinc colorways and and actually not making them too jarring but actually having that sort of quality of paint scheme they seem to suit the paint scheme almost yeah they're not makes, i don't know if that makes sense they're one of those armies that um if they're rushed uh, if they're they're quickly painted because of the level of detail on the models it shows um you know you'll get a lot of bleed because there's so many different areas just on like a like an armored girdle it's got like chaos icons on an eye it's got chains dangling off it with icons so much detail on there that it just it just falls apart if you try and rush them which is fine you know people just want to get the 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 filthiest stuff possible in the battlefield then you know that fair play but it's some of the armies like stormcast being a good example you can you can paint them to quite a basic standard but but because of the palette that you so because the canvas you've got there with the models in that they're very clearly defined details they take washes very well and um, one edge highlight can make it look fantastic it really works but the zinch yeah. less so uh, you can tell there's an unfinished zinch model and a finished one you, right again not to go off too much of a tangent right but do you think that obviously with zinch being quite a apart from certain builds being quite a tricksy army mm-hmm. that you know with stuff like obviously the stormcast and and to a lesser extent the bloodbound perhaps but you know being like a good like because they're less deep not less detailed but easier and more of a blank you know sort of border canvas to paint on that almost gw it's almost like they they meant to do it do you know what i mean like stormcast being quite a you know decent you know lots of different options you know suits a lot of different play styles easy easy to get a good looking army obviously hard to get a stunning looking army but you know you know to get it to a good standard very similar to space marines where you've got something like zinch that but, you know, obviously people, you know, if they like the look of it, they like the look of it. But, you know, it being more of a a, 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 a player's army, almost, should I don't know if that... Inherently, I'd say my gut feeling is no. I don't think GW, when they're producing models, consider the the level of painting that required for the models. I think it purely, you know, they, they create models that are based on, you know, the... The, the fluff that they're doing um so for example i'm building some vanguard hunters at the moment which is a step up looks wise from say a bog standard box of liberators they do look awesome there are lots of yeah. extra little details on them but again these guys are the scouts they're the elites they're moving on from the battlefield they've got some cool war gear they've got hand crossbows which are a little bit more ornamental so it, I, it may well have been a case with the stormcast that they again wanted to bring it back and it's almost like what they did with the primaris marines in the box set is that you know they're not don't have a chapter affiliation it's very much here's your blank canvas paint them as you want um 
And but I've said this in the past as well. The Stormcast models to paint are they're really nice. They're very rewarding models to paint mm. because the areas of detail are so well defined. They, they yeah. really are enjoyable. Um, you know, if you want to practice your line edge highlight, uh, so your uh, edge highlights and your line highlights, Stormcast are fantastic for it because those those edges are so crisp. Um, and most certainly with the Zinch stuff, the, Z- the Zinch stuff is about definition. Really, it's about making sure you can you can you can show the track the the difference in in, in textures in uh, effects in metallics to a leather you need to be able to define that and you need to define it well and they are very small bits of detail so i'm really looking forward to getting cracking with them and um going back to your, ch- to your choice of paints have you tried what sort of coverage do you get with the Liberator Gold for base coating? Not, not yeah, I'm tried it. Can't oh, say. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, right, now, right now, I can't say. What I would say with, with for example, the Scale uh, 75 paints, um, I found that obviously we've always had the GW thing of two thin coats. Um, scale yeah. 75 is actually three, and I wouldn't be surprised if it pushes four because they're so transparent. But that's kind of good because where I've got a grey base coat on the models, because I, I use the Halfords grey primer. Um, it, it kind of gives a bit of definition to the models already. It's almost like pre-shading. It's, it's interesting. They're very interesting paints you, to paint with. Yeah. Do you do it like a um, multiple layers of the same colour yeah. to create the transition? No. But you, so you 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 can create you can create the blend using the natural thinness of the paint. Do you ever do that? Which is. No. What I'm doing with the paints, but not at the base coat. I, I'm very much for me nowadays. Um, I'm trying to because I've never done it in the past. I've always been kind of me, my bloodbound being a good example of it. I base coated all that, you know, literally went here's my model. That's red. That's flesh. That's brown. And I literally did one color, did it all, washed it because I wanted a nicely painted army out on the battlefield quickly. But it, it, that definition, that definition issue came in because the the areas weren't as well defined because actually a lot of those colours needed like pallid witch flesh painting, uh, sorry, uh, a Rakoth flesh painting that over a grey base coat. You still probably want two coats to get that solid, solid, vivid yeah. colour, but it didn't, so it kind of dirties the colour up. So that's what I'm trying to do with these: is not cut the corners, is make sure I'm getting these solid base coats down. So it is for me. My goal is solid base coat then highlighting up putting some shade in highlighting glazing working it around so yeah that, that's that's the plan basically so cool yeah. sounds yeah. good but that makes me want to go and paint mine now <laughs> yeah well let's say very enthusiastic mate it's great great to see you've uh I, you know i loved your corner i mean it, again uh to go back to you know it's one of those to me it was a very much uh it wasn't a definitive aos army you had it out you know i remember that uh, your your stag do you had it and yeah you know you had it painted and done very early on and it, you know it was always on the scene and it, it kind of represents you know if someone said to me what's the uh, you know sort of a corn army for aos in the uk you know yours would have been one of the first ones well yeah probably the first that you probably look to reference but you know it's sad to see it go but it's great to see that you're you know you're full steam ahead on on something new now and i look forward to seeing it Cheers, dude. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to hear. Um, and yeah, and it was. It was something that I wanted to get. Well, that I needed to get out quickly. Um, and it, it grew from the airbrush work I did on my Blood Angel arm beforehand. So, but it, it's done. It's gone. It's. Um, I, I'm, I'm fine. I, you know, beforehand I tried to sell it on a couple of occasions. And it was a bit off the hand, but I, I was ready to get rid of it and kind of move on to the next project. So it's allowed me to do that now, which I'm really happy with. 
But uh, what I did want to say, actually, before we go over um, and talk about um, Shades Buyer, which is uh, an interesting development from us, um, again, um, you know, we, we've mentioned about Merchant Miniatures. Um, at the moment, they've got some of their grab bags up on their website, again, which is basically like miscast parts, models they can't sell. They've got very high standards there, so some of the stuff's pretty legit. Uh, and you can buy bags of just bits, basically, some awesome stuff in there. They're also themed around their different kind of factions, so you can have kind of an idea of what you're buying. Um, but they've had their new releases out um, this month for October, and I just wanted to mention about the, the Walrus uh, Warriors. Um, I, I'm not even going to mention what they're called they are just so good i mean if you're looking for something that you know you, you want some something as trolls or minotaurs or any kind of unit of that kind of monstrous infantry i want people to go out and buy them because i want to see people using them because they're so awesome and it stops me spending the money on buying them myself because I could do with the, you know, the money saved up or put a better place. But uh, I really, really would recommend them. They look, they look awesome. So, again, do check out Mercer Miniatures. Um, it's always going to be on the, the, the blog posts that we put up along with uh, the, in the show notes as well. All right. So we'll take a little break there and then we're going to crack into a bit of Shade Spire. Right, and we're back. So something I wasn't overly expecting us to talk about, if I'm entirely honest, um, which is Shadespire. Now, we're all part of this. So if you're listening to this podcast, you, you probably use social media to keep up to date on models. There's been an awful lot of coverage because um, a lot of the major podcasts have had pre-release of shades by uh hashtag affiliate wars yeah hashtag affiliate wars that's just what it is um and then um we also saw it in play at uh, face hammer um obviously they were doing it over in the states Russ taking off les <laughs> yeah yeah les was not was not loving that at all that was quite a funny scene proper rage about it well it's not funny but it's it's entertaining um so one of the things that um, I was just surprised by, by just just sat there, just hobbying away, and the little Ian Gilmore just just looks at me and goes, "Well, Matt, what do you think to that shade spire?" I was like, <laughs> "Like it's a TV program." <laughs> what do you think to that shade spire that was, was on like, the other night? <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty good. It's, well, I think I'm going to buy a copy, and I was quite taken back. And the reason for that is that. Shades. Turning into a gamey bastard, that's what it is. This Blood Bowl tournament <laughs> yeah, and yeah. competitive game. Shades White is yeah. inherently a competitive game. Um, it's a deck building yeah. game with miniatures, and it's essentially going to be. I keep to the, to my friends outside of the gaming group. I say it's like a coll- 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 collectible miniatures game. It's GW's version. It's the closest you're ever going to get. Um, yeah. So I was very happy to hear that Ian had an interest in it. So Ian, what what grabs your attention? What's sh- what's what Shades by done to you? I think it's the fact it's a very limited number of models mm-hmm. that you can spend more time. On each on each one, yeah, and you and it's only a handful. So I've I've always fancied doing some corn models, just yeah. generally. But I've never wanted to do a full army. And you don't want to paint no, no, blood reavers, not particularly. No. But five a handful of models, like five models, mm. I'd be quite happy to sit down, paint those. They're ready for the game, and they don't need anything else painted for it. Yeah, and so does... I think it's carry on. 
does the what you've seen of the mechanics of the game is does that interest you does that draw your attention the idea of having you know a deck of cards that you build and you have objectives and you draw them is that something that has grabbed um, your attention at all i think i'll play the game yeah it's it's fairly um you know the, my usual gaming attitude is fairly irrelevant right um, okay. I'll, I'll play i'll play it but it's more about the actual painting of the models so i'm going to pick up the starter set yeah uh paint the cone stuff i'll probably end up painting the stormcast stuff because there's only three of them yeah um and i'll either try to going forward so i'm just going to pick up warbands here and there um, but yeah, I'm very enthusiastic about it at the moment because purely because I can pick something up, paint five models, prob- might be able to paint it over you know, a week, um, fortnight, something like that, yeah. to a tidy, to a good standard, and then I can just forget about it. <laughs> so, well, hopefully, so it's there. Hopefully, we'll play some games with it as well. Well, yeah, yeah, but no need to expand it or think about you know centerpieces or no. No. conversions or no. Um, so you you've, you've very put you very much um kind of jumped on the corn bandwagon um straight away um and so what are your thoughts rob what we when when we kind of mentioned it um you you seem really keen on playing as well yeah i think um sorry i've just had a brain fart had a bit of a had a bit of a eureka moment with a with the one of my conversions here yeah, yeah. no sorry um with incoming um no, I, similar to Ian, I think, uh, like, I uh, was a little bit disenfranchised with, um, remember that massive uh, gap between sort of when 8th was winding down and then there was all the rumours about AOS and yeah. no one knew what was happening and all the rest of it. So I kind of fell out of love with it all, just simply because there was no direction and picked up a, a couple of X-Wing bits and bobs yeah okay. and i just like the idea like of just being able to go in buy stuff and it'd be ready to play yeah um however the only thing that it didn't that the reason that i've, I've still got a load of stuff of x-wing that i want to sell now because it didn't really draw me in that much was there wasn't that sort of creative being able to put your sort of creative stamp on it and i think shades by fits sits in that sort of area where you know a lot of other games companies have had a lot of success um like Malifaux and some of the other you know sort of uh, card based um you know or, or simple gameplay based sort of things where you've got little skirmish groups and all the rest of it um i think it kind of sits in there and it's just something that you can you can do you can spend a bit of time on like and said maybe a week or a fortnight painting up your little war band and that's it then do you know what I mean? That is, it's, it's it. And, you know, you can, it seems like, you know, looking at, you know, seeing some of the demo games that were there a couple of weeks ago, it just seems that, you know, you can literally have, have a beer, you can play a game, you can re-rack. Do you know what I mean? It, you know, that's one of the, you know, that's one thing about AOS, you know, you, you feel like you've got, to, you know, perhaps the game isn't going your way, you want to yeah. see it through and all the rest of it. This is short, it's punchy. You know, you can, you know, if, if Scratch is a very different itch to AOS, although you've still got the the fluff and the narrative and the backstory and the awesome models that AOS has. So the mechanics itself kind of, you know, it's cool having little cards and all the rest of it. But like you said, I've just having 
one you know sort of little war band that you can paint up and best believe there'll be weird conversions and little mini centerpieces yeah. and all the rest of it but you know I, i'm really looking forward to it really am yeah and i think your two's kind of enthusiasm for it kind of caught me off guard a little bit to be honest because i kind of was interested we love we love rubbing off on you matt <laughs> everyone loves rubbing off um <laughs> but um I, I was quite pleased to be honest and it kind of came together quite quickly so I've decided that I'm going to go with the with the Iron Jaws, um, which it does seem to be the case, well, as much as I can understand it, that you, you can't get away from buying the core box set. So even though I want the Iron Jaws, um, I still need to buy the main box set um, because there's like a, um, a lot of the decks in the main box. And then these are expansions, you know. So I couldn't, for example, you guys could have a copy of the game each um, and then I can just rock up with my Iron Jaws. I, I need to have a copy of the game myself. Aren't, but, the, cards, aren't the cards numbered as well, like out yeah, of yeah. 300 and something exactly, or other, aren't they? Exactly, yeah. So I'd be missing kind of key cards. Um, but for the sake of it, 32 quid on pre-order from Elegant Game. That's nothing, game. is it? It's literally, it's literally nothing. It's a box of uh, infantry nowadays. So really impressed with the kind of starting price. Interested to see how much the kind of the expansion bunny years expansion kind of box sets are um but i went for the iron jaws because i keep meaning to paint iron jaws models and i just never get around to it so this is one way of forcing me to do so um and the same as what you guys say um one of the things that appeals to me in particular is the idea that i can kind of chuck the models in my case and we've got our gaming club on a thursday night um and i can comment you know a lot of the time i'm not in a rush to come home but it's quite tough to get the motivation to play two games of AOS. However, if I played a game of AOS and someone else has finished early, it's very easy to quickly go, do you want a game of Shades by and just chuck this stuff out and play through that. Even more so than even Skirmish and everything, because although those games can be quite quick, um, you kind of want to play a little bit more. But this very much is a pick up and play, chat, mess about with your deck again, have a game another time. So I'm thinking of running at the club, just doing a little escalation league. Really dead simple. You just challenge the people above you, and if you beat them, you, you jump them. That's it. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it definitely grabbed my attention from your guys' enthusiasm from it. There's some great footage out there that people have been doing. Um, that really impressed. And it looks as though it's quite interesting. A lot of people are kind of looking at it from a collecting perspective. So they want to collect yeah. all these different yeah. races and they want to paint up all the models. Because it is quite cool that you can paint four to five to six models and have something that's fully, that is completely fully functional. So it is... It, it is impressive, and I'm looking forward to it. And um, again, I think we're, when we're working on our little our little cruise, we'll we'll put some progress um, work up on on Twitter and on a blog post. Um, and fingers crossed. Have you got any, I, oh, sorry, have you got any ideas of uh, what sort of colour schemes and stuff you're going to paint them? I'm going to go for my. I'm going to finally do my brown flesh warriors, um, which is so they're they're. In, they're based on the the Maghar orcs from Warcraft. So they're the original... Because in Warcraft, um, orcs are brown-skinned, but they're corrupted by demons, and that's what gives them the green skin. Um, so it, it looks a bit different. It's a bit more natural. Um, Beaten-up armor, like heavy metal, heavy washed, um, and kind of rents in their armor where, like, fire's coming through. So, yeah, should be cool. That's, that's the plan, anyway. Um, because there's no point doing yellow. That's like 
the popular one. You've got Ian doing yellow. Um, another choice would have been black, but obviously you've got Chris's iron jaws out there. Um, yeah. I don't really want to go for any funny colours. I could have gone for red, but I paint a lot of red, so <laughs> move away from doing that. Yeah. So I'll do the, the brown flesh warriors. Um, I'm really in, really in two minds about what colour do my storm cast. And they, um, obviously, I, well, I mean, my, my storm cast army that I wanted to do, I wanted to do in the anvil, anvils of Heldenhammer, so the black. Um, but I've seen, and it was always my second choice, and I can't remember what the name of the Stormcast, I was going to say chapter then, <laughs> um, but uh, Chamber, or whatever it is. Um, yeah, uh, but it's the one with the like, the ivory armour. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, uh, I think, um, but doing them, but obviously with it being sort of only three models, yeah. like really do like a sort of get it to almost sort of try and push my paint almost like a pearlescent mm-hmm. ivory you know like really sort of yeah. stark you know heavy contrast on the on the recesses and stuff and, and really push my uh, you know really spend that on sort of time on three models and really sort of try and go for it you know Talking about being pearlescent, just, just very quickly, um, I've I've done that recently as a test model for Stormcast. Um, funny enough, doing not not overly dissimilar. Um, you pick yourself up some Vallejo metal medium and mix right. that in with the white paints. Try that out. Just a little little tip. Give it a go. See what you think. Nice. But yeah, it's basically just makes any color metallic. Oh, cool. um, well, so if, you, if you're doing it with a white, it just makes it pearlescent. Ooh. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that might work well with pallid witch flash as well. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. give a nice pearly tone. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Nice pearly tone. <laughs> and, yeah. and Ian, obviously, we're going to stay about colour scheme, but being a box art wanker, I assume we're going to be going for red and pale skin. Uh, well, I'm planning on making them quite ethnically diverse. Um, yeah, they are just anyway. to have a, They are. Yeah, just to have a various different skin tones. So you've uh, tried just to, just to practice. You've tried to pull the wall over my eyes by saying that you're going to paint stuff not the same as it is in the box, but you are just going to paint it the same as on the box, right? And I think I'm like going to do some... a Shadespire boy band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think I'm going to do some... I might do some tattooing or wall okay. paint, oh, nice. something, something like that. That's a good shout. Um, could you do it I like... think the... Could you do it like 80s um, kind of glam rock style war paint? Yeah. Yeah? Possibly. Yeah. Done. I, think, I, well, I was considering if it was the darker skin have yeah. the war like a bright white war paint okay yeah and then the lighter skin would be tattoos to me this just sounds like you're going to paint them like kiss we'll see <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not going to rule it out at this moment just in case it does happen how good are you at painting whiskers i'm sure i can turn my hand to it <laughs> brilliant if you do a kiss themed corn marauder uh Bloodbound, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Well, um, yeah, so um, pre-orders, uh, for those who haven't done it already, um, obviously you can head over to Element Games. Um, as we mentioned, we've got the affiliate link up. So if you do fancy supporting us, feel free to use that. It'll be on the blog post and it's always on the show notes. And pick yourself up a copy, 32 quid. Uh, obviously a couple of quid postage. Um, but that's going to be out next week, which should be pretty cool. I think going back to, to what you said um, about one of our one of our sponsors, I think especially with the um, I, I really like the Undead Warband that they yeah. previewed with some of the dudes coming at the ground and that really dynamic guy with the spear. 
but I, th- I think it's a, a great opportunity for some people if they if they're so inclined to perhaps look at some of the mere strange because I know they do sort of squads of five or six that you could repurpose and you know walruses brutes you know all brutes doesn't really matter does it do you know what I mean you know you can you can sort of you know storm cast or big bare-chested barbarians whatever and that do you know what I mean it's sort of like it's a good can... um actually in particular talking about the the uh, that comparison with the undead that's quite a good one the the undead models that mere still i think are pretty stand out they are very very nice um and a bit more of a classical kind of feel to them but weirdly would well not weirdly but they would very much go hand in hand with those with those new gw skeletons so yeah yeah no, that's a really good shout i'll definitely check them out i think they're doing a lot of them in metal as well um if you're a kind of a little bit a little bit phased by resin you know, that's brilliant. Well, I'm glad we're all super pumped for a bit of Shadespire. It seems to be with our gaming group as well going down really, really well. So, uh, yeah, watch, watch, watch this space. Um, hopefully next month we might even might even have by time by by time we next record we could even have full little cruise done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have a full crew done. Um, I'm hope I'm hoping to. Yeah, that would be pretty so, cool. I'm going on holiday in a couple of days' time, boys. Um, All right, so rubbing in. Well, I'm including a week in Jamaica, mate, and I'm still still pretty confident getting it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, we'll see. Actually, I might be painting the Stormcast up first because we've got the we've got uh, the Dorset Doggers. Sorry, the Dorset Masters coming up in uh, in a month or so, oh, and nice. uh, I might need to paint some more Stormcast for that. So so we'll see. So we'll see. Anyway, we'll take a little break there, and then we're going to crack into the Mammoth section, which will be our coverage of the Facehammer GT, which was a few weeks ago. So, welcome back from that little break. Um, So, main section then, Um, cracking into Facehammer GT. Now, were you guys there last year? No. No, no. no. Okay, so I went up last year, and it is, a f- it's, it needs to be it's on my calendar slog, every year. It doesn't. <laughs> it, it is a slog. It's, it, it's a long journey for us. Well worth it though. It, it really, really is, particularly um, because there's a, a, a travelodge premier in across, literally across the road. It's the closest hotel to an event I've ever been to. Um, so that was really, really good. And um, yes, yeah, so it's put on for the Face Hammer Boys. So you've got Byron, um, Les, Terry, um, and Russ, um, all there in their respective glories. Um, it's really, really good to spend time with them. Um, the Element Games venue is just—it's it, just fantastic. I'd forgotten how big it was, to be honest. Really, really can. I was going to say cram a few, a fair few tables in there, but they're not—not not even crammed. They're really, really, really good. Um, and there was even tables out for people to play magic every every evening as well, which seemed really popular. They make you walk through the shop in and out. <laughs> yeah, it's a very it's, very well stocked shop. The shop is overwhelming. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just so much stuff that yeah, definitely. It, 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 I want it all. It just creates loads of indecision. Yeah. So yeah, venue you can't fault it. Really, really well organised. Um, obviously, we don't want to go into the gaming too much, but um, really, well, I don't know. couldn't fault the expert. Shut up, Rob. Just because you did well, <laughs> you fucking. This, this is not what this podcast is all about. We, we'll mention it at the end. All right, we'll mention it. Okay, bro. So, um, as we know, we were all kind of um, 
going for the, the painting. Um, <laughs> well, we're taking our, our armies. There was no unusual choices here. Um, I'd got my Bloodbound with me. Um, I was trying out a particular list, which meant the virtual my guys were infantry. No kind of big centerpieces in this for me. Um, Ian, what did you take in the end? I think you just had uh, your... Pure Iron Jaws this time. Pure. So, now, was that from a gaming so... perspective, or was that putting your strongest foot forward in regards, in, in regards to painting? Um, a little bit of gaming actually. Yeah. I wanted to use I wanted to use Gordrak. So well, look at us both. Um, Turns right, cause, bastards. Yeah, because I just um, I used the Mega Boss last time. Yeah. Um, on the More Crusher, but I just wanted to use Gordrak because he's more fun. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So yeah. So just pure Iron Jaws, which is um, yeah, it's alright. Brilliant. And Rob, you had a little bit of last minute hobby, I believe, kind of just tweaking a list of. Yeah, yeah. It's, um going on from I don't know if we mentioned the change in the, in the general's handbook but obviously with um, Waywatchers dropping out of battle line um, sort of uh, repurposing the two units of three and adding another four in so I could use them as um, three guild archers or yeah. three yeah the 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 the, the, the wrong base sizes archers on, yeah, on the wrong base sizes <laughs> as you <laughs> Pointed out on game five in the heat of battle, um, but no, like using the uh, tree revenant uh, conversions that I done with the uh, sisters of the thorn bows, like little flamey bows. Yeah, and I think as we, I think we, we mentioned it in a couple of podcasts ago, perhaps the uh, one covering blackout that um, just adds to that extra colour to the army with mm. the with the like the staggered and scale blue hair and the. The sort of the more like the pale skin and stuff, it kind of breaks rather than just having you know loads and loads of dryads as, as battle line, it actually breaks up that. And um, I just think it draws the eye in a little bit. They're not they're not sort of my top top standard. I, I think they could, I had a bit of feedback, and you know, the hair isn't quite to the same standard as the lawmaster, mm. which kind of lets them down a little bit. Then the the, um, the 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 glowing bows could probably do with a another highlight or two um, which I'll, I will go back to um, but I think yeah just taking them they're, they're, they're a good little addition to the army as well but yeah just uh, more from a modelling standpoint more uh, as, as, as uh, Ian said last episode drives can suck a dick I hate those models <laughs> fair enough fair enough it's now on a gaming perspective people are cramming units of them in so you know just yeah, going, well, against yeah. Grain, going against the ground uh, yeah, yeah as always but uh, yeah, no, fantastic. Well, you know that they are they are a really nice unit, and I agree with what you were saying. Um, the only thing I really did, to be honest, for mine was um, I had three core graths, uh, which I had been using on the wrong size bases, um, so I rebased those. Really? Hey. And oh. um, I had five school reapers that I'd had in a, an unfinished state for a tour, uh, for a campaign we were doing, so I needed to finish those off. Uh, again, they were just done to the, the same kind of army standard, so kind of churn them out pretty quick um so we'll, we'll crack straight into the nominations i mean was there anything that you you can kind of think of that you saw army wise that you didn't see up for the nominations that really kind of struck you yeah um can't remember his, i think it's phil pot but will phil pot is it the, oh, yeah. the gentleman okay. yeah um he had his uh zinch i mean i had thought he was fortunate enough to uh not only sort him out with his 
what I thought were Pegasus wings, <laughs> but they turned out to be a spare pair of wings I had from the island of Blood Griffin. Yeah. Although they pretty much are probably a better cast, really, so he, he was landed with that. Um, but, you know, a really nice scene charm with it. He, he, he was working on a bit of a mixed list. You know, he had Warriors, Warriors of Chaos in there, you know, alongside the normal picks like Kairos um, and the Gaunt Summoner and stuff. But, yeah, really nice... Um, really nice basing scheme on there sort of like a like a blue like ice base almost like a glacier kind of look to them which is really nice and uh, yeah he's, he's working on his army so that was really cool to see and uh, uh, obviously Gary's art I think was, did Gary's got for nomination mm-hmm. I'm not I'm yeah, sorry, so don't, yeah don't, so, don't give him any more credit no, just, no, stop, just move no, on no no <laughs> no and um, find, uh, other, other guy that I uh, you know, it's a couple of nice scene charms. It's nice to see all the big models on the table. I played the uh, charmers from the Tales of Sigmar podcast, and he had a lovely uh, scene charmy. And uh, James from the Doggers, his uh, blades of corn. Yeah. Really nice. Really, you know, alternative. It's nice to see alternative schemes mm, on those yeah. models. So it's like a purple blades of corn list. And uh, Russ Ward as well. He had a really nice mixed chaos list which was done to a really nice standard as well so cool. I just think that overall they're you know not that I'd ever you know oh you know it's rubbish you know people with rubbish armies it's nice to have all five games against really nice looking armies as well yeah. not that you know I, I've not had in the past but you know what I mean it's just it was nice to see that the, the standard's so high and you know I think it's um, flying in the face of what perhaps was the painting meta perhaps 12 months ago where there were complaints about um, I think the last Blood and Glory wasn't it that kind of kicked it all off with sort of three colour minimum complaints about people's yeah. armies and stuff it's actually nice it's, it's almost like the community has turned around and gone actually we're going to make an effort and you know whether it's consciously or not um, you know just nice to see you know people sort of doing decent armies not really caring yeah. about I think it, you know the, I think part of it is allowing people to the, the time to do it as well as kind of yeah. the game kind of what we call the meta and as books come out and armies solidify um, even with the changes of the general's handbook to kind of people get get an idea of the army they kind of want to play and before people were rushing to kind of get this this new filth or whatever it was on the table so you had Skyr for example being one of the very popular kind of concept army dry brush to kind of get it on the board um we're seeing less of that now and if i if i compare something like facehammer to something like sheffield slaughter where i went sheffield slaughter and i was just it just felt like an old uh, an eighth edition tournament it, it it just felt dated a lot of old janky armies not finished painted it just didn't feel it was a big field but it didn't it just didn't feel right painting wasn't embraced in regards to how it was put forward but it felt here that painting was kind of it was in, it was completely embraced it was it was the the quality of the armies that were there were, were top notch and i think we kind of had a bit of a meeting in the south and the the north as well which was which was good and i wanted to hit on but what did we do with what what have we forgotten to mention Byron and what you put on for us on the Friday. Yes. So, so Byron yeah. did a little bit of a little bit of a group chat with us all and said, "Look, want to get you guys. We need to come up early. Um, let's just sit down and just do some hobby around a table, have a chat. <laughs> People can come over and just talk to us." Um, sorry, sorry, I have to interrupt you there. 
Was it him that set up that WhatsApp group, or was it you? Well, I, I set it up because he was too busy. Yeah. So, Byron's uh, cottaging trip. Yeah, Byron's cottaging <laughs> trip. It was it was affectionately referred to by me. Um, but of course, as is always the way, um, we were completely overshadowed by pouring. Where Dan um, <laughs> from Tales of Sigmar, <laughs> working on his pestilence army, speed painting it all, making his own dip pouring it all over models he just he just became everybody's attention um but it was re- it was genuinely really enjoyable nice burritos yeah he fed and watered us and i had a i just had a lovely time just sat around yeah it was nice toby yeah do you guys find it well, well rob let's let's be fair because ian ian said <laughs> it, I know I'll, coming. I'll, I'll tell you what rob will do Rob will either get all his stuff out, sit there, get drunk, and then put it all away, or he'll get all his stuff out, talk loads, and then put it all away. And bit of column A, bit of column B, I think. Yeah, it was quite impressive to watch you get stuff out, get a couple of files out, get some bits out. You'd have got a torso out of something you're working on, and then I think within two hours, nothing had been done to it, and it just went back in the box. Yep. <laughs> standard rob <laughs> it's amazing it's all hobby is hobby do you know what I mean even yeah. looking at stuff yeah. and not doing anything is hobby there was a lot of hobby juices going and at the same time we'd, we'd, we'd organise the shades buyer stuff um, our, I sat and painted for those who haven't come across it it's, I, I play a game called Infinity which is like a, a sci-fi skirmish game uh, and I it's a faction called Aleph. So I painted up one of those models. So I said, if, if I'm going to sit here painting, I want to try and paint them a good standard. And that's that's what I paint at the moment. That's the army that I've got to paint them a good standard. So happy with those. I managed to crank out a model. But um, Ian, you were kind of flitting around all over the place. Yeah, I was painting some um, bone splitter skin and a Death Guard leg. Yes. Um, which... just, just playing around with like a different style of... Um, painting with just washes sorry and... not, not a, a death guard thigh <laughs> not thigh shin shin it was a lower leg no i did the full leg oh did you i did yeah you did you um, just with washes weren't you i was doing it with washes and mixtures of washes with um medium yeah. to get more glazy and with some weathering powders and that was it yeah um so it's quite interesting to do it doesn't it's useful. It doesn't. It falls down with the metallics. Mm. The metallics is what you can't really do it like that. I liked um, it. So you, I liked what you were doing until you did the weathering powders. Yeah, I, I preferred it with the weathering powders. So, silvery, silvery. We'll fight over Subject, it. It's subjective, you know. Well, um, fist fight over it next. And whoever wins is right yes yeah, is correct okay that's fine so you're probably going to win so you're right I don't know you're a, you're a pharmacist you can get yourself all hench by the time we next see each other <laughs> why yeah combat um, drugs hench Gilmore yeah so, <laughs> so I'm going to I might play around with it some more I think with maybe do it work out how to do the metallics a bit better because it's the mm-hmm. you can get away with it on things like chainmail yeah because you can just do it with the um, gloss black and then just weather it with the powders or whatever. It just makes it look dirty. But with the more coppery colours, it just doesn't work. No. 
yeah. So it's um, so it definitely needs amendment if it's going to be done. But I think that it's it's interesting to do. It comes. It's very um, John Blanche mm. turns out. I think so. It's quite a different style. But yeah, it's fun. Spent an hour messing around with that. Oh, it was more than an hour. We were sat there for quite was a while. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. And um, yeah. we had, uh, obviously, Byron was there painting. Byron spent a lot of his time kind of helping people out, specifically with colour choices and everything. I know he spent some time with Rob, so I'm sure everyone was really pleased with that. And Ricky was super, super pleased. Um, Give him a bit of uh, advice over airbrushes. Um, uh, sorry, airbrushing technique and colours. Um, Chris, uh, what, was Chris painting a brute? So Chris Tomlin of the Blackstone podcast, was it a brute he was painting? Yeah, he was. And everybody no, kept asking him. I think it was. I think pretty sure it was, it was a couple of uh, couple of brutes or something. And everybody was just asking him whether he needed to get painted for tomorrow or not. It's just like, no, I don't. I'm just, just painting some more orange oils. It's fine. Oh, do you need them? Do you need them ready for tomorrow? No, mate. No, literally, it was just everybody just one by one came up and just asked him the same question over and over again. Um, but to be honest, I'd be really keen to kind of do that again. Um, I'd happily do that at probably any event I went to. Just kind of sat down. Uh, kind of yeah. doing a bit of hobby, a bit of painting. So I would recommend people, even if you're going to an event, you need to get there early. Just pack your paints, and rather than just hitting the beers and getting hammered straight away or fighting about doing different bits and bobs, it was really social. It was really fun. So fair plays to and um, props to to Byron for getting that all organised. Um, and hopefully next time, you know, if they do it face hammer next year, uh, more people get involved. Yeah. And um, yeah, so, you know, that, 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 that was brilliant. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, so we'll get on to the Army nominations now we've kind of covered that. So Army-wise, um, the first one that we... And I'm doing it in the order that basically I tweeted them. So there's nothing, nothing, nothing kind of no, no favourites or anything being picked out. So I'm just looking through the photos. So I was... I spent a lot of time... Is it, this has been a really interesting event because particularly since I've been doing the podcast, I've been having a lot of conversations with people about painting at kind of a different level. So... Um, I was really happy to see Aaron um, get a nomination. So Aaron Bailey, um, obviously been yeah. on the Blackson before, one of our boys, um, with his Zinch Army, which I know it's not finished. And there's things like he hasn't got the snow on all his bases because um, he ran out of the crushed glass and didn't get time to apply it. He was up painting late again. He's got the Enlightened, which are the... You make them from the same kits as Skyfires, if people don't know, because all you tend to see is Skyfires. Um, they're the combat guys. Um, they're on discs of Zinch. It's not, not on discs, it's on Screamers, because he bought loads yeah. of them for cheap off eBay. So good. But they are blue tacked. <laughs> they are blue tacked on at the moment, <laughs> which <laughs> it's just funny to see. Even now I'm looking at the photo, and they just see these blue tacked on Enlightened <laughs> on discs. Um, but he's got three units of pink horrors. He's done a really nice fade. Um, I, I do love the fade effect. It, it's it was an interesting thing that um, Byron covered, which I'll touch on quickly. The idea that where you've got these flat areas of detail, kind of adding anything to kind of break that up, you're naturally your 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 eye loves it. So where we got all these spots and these stripes and putting hazard stripes and checks and things, our eyes love it. You know, we we, yeah. we we take it in as being really well painted, even if one end the blend's not amazing and the other end it's it's a bit it's amazing. You know, we if you put a little bit of detail in there, you'll see it all as amazing. It's it's quite an interesting concept. So I see why things like chipping as being another example and battle damage kind of helps with that. 
Um, so it was, Aaron's a great example of that with the kind of this reddish pink fade on all the fingers and everything, digits and feet of his pink horrors. Yeah, it's going to. I'm really looking forward to seeing it all to the same standard. Yeah. It's very. It's, it's still a work in progress, isn't it? His Lord of Change is really good. Um, yeah, I love um, his Lord of Change. Yeah. There's the whole yeah. crow kind of or raven. Yeah, kind yeah. Of look to it. I think that's inspired. That was lovely. Yeah, it's quite unusual. Very, to see quite a, a very dark sorry. one. Yeah, because yeah, no, no, yeah, normally, yeah, normally it's all bright um, primary colours. You generally see lot of changes, yeah. so it's quite nice to see the, the um, like dark grey black. It's quite so different. It stands out. Yeah, it really. Quite a, it's a very good choice, and it's very, and like you say, with the idea of the raven, it comes across straight away with the colour scheme. Um, and I know he's put a lot of work into it already, and you know he still has a fair amount to do. Not saying that to improve it, but there's areas that he just simply because so much detail on the models. I've got one myself, so God knows when I'll crack into mine. Um, annoyingly, I really like his conversion as well. It's a really simple conversion, but it works really well. So he's got the his chicken is holding the staff with two hands so you swap the the staff head out with the sword so it's got a glaive and it works really yeah. really well and he's gone for like the partly skeleton head so it, brilliantly i mean he's got like his discs are alternating colors he's got what he, i think he calls them the boy and girl discs so he's got pink discs and blue discs um but yeah the army it just looks it looks brilliant and um if if, if i was going to say before was if people want a a good showcase of dry brushing done well yeah. is the wings on his the, the contrast that he's got with the with the you know the dark grey black wings to up to the sort of celestial grey kind of light grey it looks like they're line highlighted but I, I and I, when I was looking at it and speaking to him I was like, oh no they're dry brushed and that's dry brushing done well when you can't when you look at it and think that must have taken you ages to line highlight that because that's amazing you know that's that's what it's there for, isn't it? It's like Byron-esque levels of dry brushing on those wings are very very impressive indeed. And plus, from a convert, I just wanted to um, just add another thing as well. The reason why that conversion works and why it looks so good is it helps balance the model. Um, if you look at the way the glaive is, it's pretty much perpendicular to the stance of the model does yeah. that make sense yeah. so when you're looking at it the way it's moving forward and the body's tilting at perhaps a, a 10 degree angle the glaive is a slightly off like about a, an 80 degree angle yeah. so it forms like a cross i was gonna say that you, you literally can draw if you had the picture you could draw a cross across the torso yeah, and, and it, it, and that's, this, things like when you're looking at, this is a, a tip for you boys and girls, when you're looking at, uh, converting a model, not necessarily scratch building new elements, but just reposing stuff to make things more dynamic. Um, not to go off too much of a tangent, but my old man's a photographer and he tells me, he, I learned a lot from him about composition of shots and having that kind of composition. That's why that conversion works so well if people are sort of wondering. Is, and whether he's done it deliberately or whether it's just a happy accident, um, that it, that's that's probably why that works so well. So yeah, fair play to that army's cool, man. Yeah, really, really good. Um, so after we're wanking off a friend, move on to. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, so next up we have uh, now we've actually seen this army before. Um, it's Paul Whitehead's. Um, 
Well, it's mostly with a Beast Claw army, which I guess it is again. Um, it's different to when we've yeah. seen it before, because this time, I'm pretty sure he had four Stone Hordens last time. This time we had three Thunder Tusks. So he, mu- he must have magnetised the heads. I can't imagine no, he's they- got seven painted. No, he's got seven painted. Oh, is he? Fuck him. you know. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Okay, that's that's legit. And he's got he's a couple of um, couple of Mornfang in there, which is the uh, the Forge World Rhinox Riders. Rhinox. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, a couple of a couple of Yetis, unit you know, three Yetis, um, Hunter, and a million Noblars, which I don't think I can't even think of the last time I saw Noblars, let alone painted Noblars. Uh, it's abandoned a, a lot nowadays but again really nice army it feels very because of the his use of colors there's a lot of warm colors a lot of bright colors in there um but it's all kind of you know you've got a lot of fur and things um and it's kind of a human-esque kind of skin tone for the ogres it, it feels and with the green bases it feels like a gw color scheme um yeah you know it, it, i was gonna say it pop, pops a little bit more than Obviously, when we spoke about the army at Blackout, yeah. we said it was very, a lot of colours that were quite close to each other. I felt this one, whether it was just the model choices or it's yeah, a conscious thing, it, 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 it had that a bit more contrast and drew the eye a little bit. Although, you know, I love his Stonehorn conversions. They're, they're amazing, as, we, as, we, as we've said before. So, no, it was um, nice to see him bring some different elements in and, yeah, he's so he's got good to see Noblars, isn't it? <laughs> and he's clearly got a lot painted as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, he must have right. a huge army. Yeah, nice big huge army. That's lovely. Um, yeah, so it's great to see Paul again. Obviously, we don't want to cover it cover it too much. We've we've kind of we said a lot of nice things about it, Paul. So I'd be interested to see. I think there was what, at the event there was comments. Uh, I think he's kind of unhappy with the state of destruction as they are as an army, Beast Claw Raiders in particular. So I'd be quite interested to see what he's going to bring out in the future at events. So I'll be kind of keeping an eye on Paul quite closely. I think. Yeah, I was chatting to him. He said he's considering the next event to have a Beast Claw army with no monsters at all. Oh right, okay, fair enough. So, so yeah, nice. be interested if he does go down that road. Yeah, for sure. More hunters. Yeah. Hunter. <laughs> Hunter. <laughs> Throwback. Um, yeah. So uh, again, so yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll be interested to see what that looks like. Is that Blood and Glory? Then he's going to. Do you think? Um, Ian. Uh, he didn't say, but he said he was cons- he was considering list- different builds, so he didn't say where. Fair enough. Um, so next up, uh, we won't go over it too much because it was me um, and my very last and outing. Uh, <laughs> last outing for my bloodbound. Do, uh, do you know all right? It, 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 it would have felt a lot more poignant because I didn't know you, you were. You, I mean, I don't know. Had you thought about flogging it before the event, or was it a thing after Face Hammer that you came to a decision about? Um, I don't, it's kind of a tough question. It, it's always kind of been in my mind to sell it because I felt. It feels like an old army. Run its um, course, kind of. Yeah, and um, but I kept playing it and going, oh, I'm really enjoying this. And the book mm. did r- kind of make me enjoy it more, but there's been so many issues over the implementation of the Blades of Corn book. It's just been so frustrating. Yeah. Um, and this event, yeah, this event solidified me selling it because I played five games and I had, genuinely, I had five fantastic games. And I was five great games. I, I was no, no, not great. Just genuinely, <laughs> every single game it was, over, yeah. it was just 
brilliant and it was complete yo-yo i smashed i when i played someone who's combat army or maybe a little bit of a, a weaker mix list i just smashed them um then i played anything with shooting and they just shot me off so yeah. i came to the realization at the end that the army just doesn't do what i wanted to do anymore i like having a nicely painted army that i can go into games with and always feel like i'm gonna win yeah that's not the case anymore so yeah it, was oh, nice. it seems like it's a good, a good send-off for it then yeah yeah and it was nice to get a nomination as well because it was a tough field um so it was nice to get them out for the photos and everything but uh get yeah, them out get them out they're gone now they're gone someone else some spanish mm. some italian i can't remember if it's spanish or italian italian i think some italian guys could be enjoying <laughs> enjoying pushing around uh some blood bound. somewhere down that neck of europe yeah, yeah. it's yeah. nice or not so um anyway we'll, we'll swiftly uh move on to um mr christopher gary tomlin um and his iron draws two r's two r's gary um, <laughs> and yeah chris I, I i really do feel like chris is the best person at laying out armies for display he just he's literally got it down to an art form it's almost like his army list is written it's kind of just for it to work perfectly because so he's got his nice cabbage in the middle at the back unit of gore grunters either side two units of ten brutes either side of that it's got two war chanters either side of the cabbage very symmetrical front. it's yeah. just completely symmetrical um he's got shaman in the middle with that lovely fluorescent kind of paint effect um for the smoke and then his, his recent additions which is his two um goblin bolt throwers which are two converted brutes yeah. with with heavy crossbows he's, he's, he's going to get them in at some point and i, I, I yeah. loved it when when the general sat with the allies thing so i I know he, he he was pretty much on the on on it as soon as uh, it was announced, but yeah. I had a feeling in the back of my head as soon as I heard about allies that that was great. It was great to see him being able to use those models. They yeah, are pretty cool. Definitely, and he's got three three little uh, grot attendants, kind of made from a mix <laughs> of forty k models and uh, the goblin yeah. bubble, um goblins. Um, but yeah, again, like Chris's army is one that where I had my army and I painted up to a standard and got it out there. His kind of was hot in my heels probably a few months later. It kind of started materialising. He started finishing stuff, painting up to his, his really high standard. And it's, it, it is just such a great army. And I, and I really do. It, like some people have made comments that they just don't appreciate it because it is, because people don't look at it because they just see, the dark armor and the chipping and they just kind of move move on really and it really is i mean i would, honestly i would say this if you see chris's army at an event get down to eye level and just look at it like the skin's lovely that you know the, the the war paint and the markings work really well um you know there's dags on there the cabbage is gorgeous i know he spent a lot of extra time kind of adding extra highlights after the fact so uh, let's say the little goblins add lots of like, extra little character on there as well. So really, 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 really good army and low, quite a few conversions in there, quite a few kit bashes. But he's got like a a 40k um, war boss uh, which he uses um, in one of his unit brutes, kind of convert. He's got power claw, but it all just fits in perfectly. Really, really good. Yeah, I think similar similar to what I said about your yours and perhaps what I said about. Byron's last episode is it's what I consider at the very least and perhaps it's because I've seen it in so many and there's probably other armies that deserve this statement to be made about them like up north or at tournaments I don't frequent as much but to me it's one of those um, kind of defining armies at the moment do you know what I mean it's one of those you know like I said about yours and Byron's you know the scene wouldn't be the same without them almost 
um, you know, a very high standard set, and you know, it's great. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a good army. And, you know, like you said, if those are people that it deserves one of those armies, it deserves a bit more attention paid paid to it. You know, you can, and perhaps the only criticism would be that it's, it's perhaps an easy army to walk past. Um, I know that there's a lot of stuff that does catch the eye, and especially I think I think having those um, the heavy crossbow conversions, as he as he calls them, will, will help draw the eye on and and perhaps less educated, not less educated, but people that might you know sort of glance over it almost. You know, especially for player voted awards, you know, stuff like those conversions, you know, will perhaps draw the eye into that level, so people get down and look at them, and then actually start appreciating the. The, the work that's put into all the other aspects of the army. Um, as you said, the freehand and the markings and the Black Sun logos are all over it. It's, uh, it's a lovely army. Yeah, no, I completely agree with all that. And like I say, just take, take a look if you see it in the event next time. Um, and then next up, I think he's actually changed his Twitter tag as well, actually, because I don't think it's linking to him anymore, but it's um, <clears throat> Chris, Chris Mills. So, um, again, Chris has been one of those guys that I've been chatting with. Um, I met him at Heat 2. Um, I played against his Sylvan F. And um, yeah. I, I made some comments on the podcast about um, it, it was a hard thing to phrase, but the idea, of, obviously, he was clearly someone using an airbrush, and I made some comments about cheap tricks. And it wasn't derogatory towards him, but it is, you know, when you're doing an army, the things that grab people is oh, well, there's a little bit of a, people have their different interpretations of it, but for me, it's faces bases dinosaurs and bright colors um so airbrushing allows you to really get these vivid colors across really well um and fair play to chris he's gone into the stormcast army um and he's done it in a short period of time and it is a really really nice army um and i was lucky enough to kind of see um these um, kind of little updates he was sharing with me um, on WhatsApp. So it was really, really good to see the army come together. Um, and it, it just does just look great. I mean, he was asking, you if you have a look at the photos on Twitter, you can see, and it'll be on the blog post as well, about little lightning strikes, um, depending on the shoulder pads, some of the characters on the black armor of the Star Drake, for example. He said, should I do it? I said, mate, just get it done, get it out. But fair play for him for actually spending the time and doing that as well. Um, yeah, that, that tree hand is very good. Yeah, the lightning, yeah. I mean, also he's got he's got a big. The carry on. That's no, right. You go. Um, the the freehand with the lightning to get it so defined and bright white, and it looks like lightning. Mm. Um, the technique involved is impressive because it's just you can imagine it being I can imagine it being a massive pain to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, so to get it done that well over so many models as well. So it's not just the centrepiece. No. It's all on the liberated shields and dotted around on shoulder pads and yeah. Yeah, very good. And uh, he's got like Miss, it. he's got Miss Weaver in there as well, which is really nice. Uh, obviously a lot of a lot of times gone into the dragon with the whole the fade from black to red on the wings. Um, yeah. and then the addition of like the, the the stars on there as well. So having painted my Star Trek's not finished, and having painted it just to kind of tabletop standard, I can appreciate how much 
time it is time star drakes are very time intensive there's an awful lot to paint on those an awful lot of areas a lot of different kind of areas a lot of scales there's just the you can't you cannot cut corners with it because it just doesn't work so yeah it looked great and i think you what were you doing when you what were you putting your models on his display box you got snow bases just for photos yeah yeah so we were setting up for um the best army so the nominations up we just put them all on the same um because chris had a nice very nice um display board covered yeah. in snow yeah. so i put on my snowboard so i created a little battle scene took a load of photos of it and then set mine up just on the normal tabletop next to it and he carried on with his army on his display board they look cool <laughs> fair enough so, but yeah it was yeah. It is, it is a great look. It really is a great looking army and a, and a really good example of, a, again, a different colour scheme on the Stormcast. It, it's not one of those that really stands out too much, but because of the contrast with the black and the gold and then the, the vividness of the red, where it's quite a, it's, it's not a strong red. It's kind of a, a red that kind of goes almost like a red with a white, yeah. kind of got pallid witch flesh in there. It's an interesting take on where to go with red. But uh, yeah, it's someone to watch. I'm interested to see what he comes out with next, whether yeah. he keeps adding to the Stormcasts. What do you think about... Um... What do you think about um, stringing in the bows? Um, I've never been a fan. Is that something fair, fair play for people who do it, but yeah. it's it's ne- it's never been something that overly appeals to me. Either doing it or when people have done it, I don't know why. Just, but it's cool. Fair yeah, play to when it goes and so, does that. Yeah, something I could never be asked to win. Yeah. So yeah. no yeah. props to anybody who does at the end of the day. Um, so talking about setting up models on the same display board, um, Ian, you were um, shockingly, shockingly up for, <laughs> up for a nomination. Um, yeah. Oh, God, do we have to really have to talk about your army? You've not done any. There's no, nothing no. new, is there? No, nothing. Cool. Yawn. No. Yawn, boring, seen it all before. I, to be honest, I've just zoomed yeah. in. I've just clicked on a photo of your mega boss on, uh, sorry, Gordrak on your Maul Crusher. So nice. What colour did you use for the blue on the skin, by the way? What's the main colour? Um, it's Stegodon scale okay. green, I you, think. It's yeah. the dark one of them, anyway. Um, and it's um, it's faded with um, null oil and Lamium medium. So it's about, I think, it's about six washes of that to fade it to the to it's the quite back of the top. As well, um, possibly, I can't remember now. Yeah. I didn't write it down. But yeah, Ian, like that. I'm not going to wank you off on the podcast, but awesome as always. It's kind of disappointing Cheers, not seeing anything new, but you know, you're just going to be a boring yeah. gamey twat. You just want to get your core drag out. I do, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, not, it's new army now, isn't it? This thing. New army time. So, so I'm not going to add any more new units to this for the moment. I'm no. just going to paint a new army. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we know we look at your sky. We know your standard, so it's going to be legit. Looking forward to it. Um. So we then follow up with now because I tweeted all these photos, I was kind of keeping an eye a little bit on the one that kind of gets the most likes. I don't know why it didn't mean anything, but this one won, which was um, on Twitter. It's at Pigeon Eater, um, and he's got a lovely uh, Caradron army, and it's um, I believe that I believe it's Rob. I think he's pink Rob it is on Rob. Twitter. It's Rob, isn't it? Um, yeah, because I, I played Rob. Oh, did you? Okay, so, fair yeah, enough. but. It's again, Caradron's one of those armies, kind of in a similar vein as Zinch, that it's painted properly. It just looks amazing. 
and he's gone for this yeah. yellow and turquoise blue color scheme. Even the kind of the, the floaty balls are um, like a, a gold <laughs> yellow, uh, and it just looks so good, like so good. All those details um, painted, with like I don't know if they are freehand um, kind of right dwarf writing on there, or whether they are the transfers, but it makes such a difference. It looks just yeah, it, it visually just looks so fucking good. Yeah, he was surprised. Sorry, go on. Um, he was very surprised to get nominated. I don't know why he would. Be. Why? No. Just... Because it's it's the boats. It's the boats that do it, isn't it? It's not just the well, boats. Like, well, well, one thing, right? And, I, and, and so again, sorry to interrupt, but um, I was about two or maybe three games. Um, he was sort of playing either one or two tables across from me. And it was one of those armies that you just see in your peripheral vision yeah. when you're playing. And it just, I don't know what it was. It's a, it's a colour combo and, you know, it'd be quite it'd be good to do an episode on or a section on colour theory in the future. Um, but, you know, the, the attention to detail, just the crispness of it just meant that given that, like you said about the Stormcast earlier on in the episode, Matt, was... <coughs> the, when you nail and you get, you know, nice solid colours, it's crisp. The, the the models, you know, lend themselves very well to that kind of painting style. And he nailed it. And it just it was one of those, you know, when I was playing, you sort of you, you just keep catching yourself looking at it, <laughs> and it, it just drew the eye. And, and you know, it was it was lovely. And, and just to actually see it get nominated, obviously it's going to get nominated. I say obviously, but you know, it wasn't a surprise that it was up there. It was lovely. And, uh, you know, actually having a, you know, whilst we were munching away on our subway, having a, having a look at it. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was a lovely, lovely bit of work. And yeah, it's kind of, it's just, you go away from these things, don't you? You think, oh, Christ, I'd love to do a carriage on a happy now. <laughs> yeah. That, that was, you know, I, I never seen that, you know, the models never appealed, you know, and this is props to him. The models never really appealed to me until seeing that army, mm-hmm. seeing a really nicely done, you know, clean, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I, I think they were freehand. But, I mean, might correct us. They, they, fe- they feel like they are. Uh, you, they just... certainly looked it, and that's the effect you yeah. want, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Whether they are or they're not, you know. Um, I think you've done really. Yeah, I, think, was, I think the key it's thing really that army, it's a really good. Everything is very well defined. It really, you yeah. Know, you're not even though there, there's a lot going on in the models. You can look at them, and you take it all in because the color choice is good yeah. and it's all well defined. And there's contrast in there, and it works very, very well. Should be very proud of those. But yeah, I think they were they're one of those armies where it's hard. You 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 can't not love them. It's so hard to you'd really have to hate yellow or blue. <laughs> you just have to hate it. Um. So the next up now, this is the first of the Nurgle armies. There were actually uh, three, uh, three up for nominations, which was which is quite interesting to see. But right, rise of the Nurgle. But I suppose um, they are a bit of a painter's army, really, which is which is always a good thing. You can do a lot with them. Um, chap called uh, Rob, Rob Boyce, um, and he had it's quite what you consider kind of a bit of a classic Nurgle scheme. Um, but he'd gone for a really kind of um, pa- not pallid, but kind of a really it's pink, but it's a very kind of it's, it's pastely, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a pastely kind of white pink, um, and went really well. He's, he's he's chosen some really good areas like the banners and the odd kind of um, intestines, and it's almost it kind of has that similar feel of almost like a glow effect when done well. Um, 
so yeah no really really good um like I say, it's tough because it is is painted in a pretty standard kind of Nurgle scheme, but the choice of the pink with the pale pale green works very very well. A lot of dark bone in there, you know, good basing. Um, yeah, just really nice standout army. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the pink that makes it work. Yeah, because I think for sure without the pink, um, this you don't it'd be tempted to walk past it. Yeah, and I think it's whereas the... the pink draws the eye. Yeah, and it works well with that pale green and dark armor. So yeah, it all works together really well. So it was a nice, again, nice, nice to see the Nurgle boys representing props. Um, I think um, can I? Sorry, I keep. I'm, I'm sorry to butt in again. Um, but he, he'd set up uh, next to mine, or yeah. I'd set up next to his actually, and it actually it was really good because looking at the models and seeing the, my his and my army next to each other made me realise the importance of having like a completely opposite colour on the colour wheel in that army because it, it drew the do, 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 you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it drew the eye in and, and I think that was the importance of having the like Stegan and Scale green hair on the Tree Revenants I did and on the Lawn Master it kind of did the same sort of had the same sort of effect um, where it, it defined the rest of the model so it, I think without that, although you know the rest of the models were were really well painted, I think it might have suffered. Yet yeah, with that spot colour, it, it yeah. kind of just lifts the army to to another level almost. Yeah, it does. It's, and, it's, it's a very good you know, choice of colour. Very very yeah. good. Yes. So talking about a good choice of colour as well. These these were some of my favourites. So coming up to um, uh, Gaz Ravencroft, which is the second Nurgle army, and I honestly, I think my favourite plague bearers I've ever seen, and it's believe the shark ones. Yeah, they, they just make you think of sharks. So they've got that that dark, yeah. deep blue all over the bodies, and they've got like a pale off-white kind of cream chest, and it works so well. Like really, they look really lovely. Well. They look lovely with your Cthulhu nut army as well. I think yeah, they, they're the nice little of... sister army. Part of me is really disappointed I hadn't kind of gone that way with the colour scheme, which is which is a bit of a shame. But um, yeah, the rest of the army is it's quite an interesting choice. There's um, a lot going on in the army. The basing is very very involved. It's kind of tiled red and white. Um, it's got kind of flock and trees on there. Sorry, a clump foliage and trees. Um, the armor, of the actual armor plate. So he's got blight kings and stuff in there. Is like a blue. Um, quite a rusted blue, a couple of play claw catapults in there as well. So, yeah, it looks really, really nice. Like I said, the, the really good choice on how he's painted the um, painted the plague bearers, um, and he's got Glockin in there as well. Glockin just seems to be in all the, all the armies at the moment, and he's got a nice kind of angry red one. It's a fan favourite. Yeah, it's, it's quite unusual to see the all the innards and guts and saws done in green. Yeah, instead of red, which green. is quite it's quite yeah it's quite an unusual mm. choice. It's good you don't, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's a... definitely something you don't see very often because no. people just go to this tried and tested. Yeah, where well, it, just, it would it wouldn't work with these. No, but it's good that he's got that because the the, the basing's quite striking. Uh, the models because of the shark theme, mm. we're going to call it shark theme, whether it is or not. Um, they're quite dark or pale models so a red probably just wouldn't work or that it'd knock 
the yeah. colors out but the, the vivid green works well it looks it looks as though it's base coated white and maybe used a fluorescent paint or um a couple of glazes could, it seems to have a shine to it well it could going be, back to sorry go on in. could be the um gw glaze the uh can't remember his name the green one yeah. way watcher way watcher yeah could well yeah be. i think it, it's um a very going back to our coverage last episode uh and you know I, I keep going on about bloody color theory but i've been looking at a lot of it recently so i do apologize if it seems like i'm banging on about it but do you know what uh, army it reminded me of as far as just color scheme with those combos um was the sylvaneth army at blackout that was that had the dark color and then the the green weapons yeah um it's for life me the guy's name. It's, it's, yeah, it's John John Green. Yeah, 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 John, yeah John's course. John's yeah. army. So I remember you saying about how the grey and the green is a very natural, you know, like a very eye-catching colour scheme, and it's used a lot outside of, you know, it's used a lot in that sort of respect. And I think that's what worked with that army as well. Is you had the that you had the two different tones. You had the the grey and the and the green. I don't know. They seem to reinforce each other almost, and 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 uh, very striking, and it does draw the eye again, which is is really cool. So yeah, yeah. Again, it's, it really is a fantastic job. And um, well, we may as well finish the triumvirate of Nurgle Nurgle armies that were up for uh, <laughs> uh, nominations, which was uh, Gary Hennessy, um, which again I'm going to take a little bit of credit for. Like I said, it was interesting because I was speaking to quite a few people kind of up for the nominations kind of beforehand. Um, Gary had asked for some advice on the, the, the colour of the tufts on his bases. Um, and it was quite nice of him to say that I'd done a, a Neverborn Malifaux crew a while back and I wanted like a, a woodland theme. So there was loads of tufts like crammed onto the bases. Um, so I said, I said, go for a really strong red uh, and a, a, a purple. I think they were the two that I recommended and he went with it. And I think it really pays off. I think the red tufts really, yeah. really kind of tie, help tie the models in in with kind of the, the stronger reds that he's got on some of the characters and where he's got the blood effects and things. Yeah, I think um, if I ever want my, uh, if I ever move house and want my garden redecked <laughs> as well, then him with his little coffee stirrers, I'm sure he's got plenty of them, can come around yeah, for a definitely. decent job. But in, in all Jay, I mean, it, it, um, and I have to say that the, uh, I played him game one um, and to play that army and, and see some of the stuff that he'd done with it and you know he's and speaking from a conversion angle as well his, his demon prince is yeah, cool yeah demon prince is really Ste- nice Stephen Fly um yeah uh classic with, Gary you know, always after a cheap pun love it yes that's it um you know and it, it's great and it's you know it's a it's a lovely looking army and you know very you know it's annoying how effective you know it's, it's uh you know very striking good contrast you know, good, uh, efficient use of, you know, of his time, you know, yeah. knocking these armies out. And yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he picked up an award, didn't he? As well, not to spoil later, uh, yeah. sort of later on in the cast. But. And um, something that's worth saying about Gary as well is I think he's done with this army for now. So it's really interesting to see what he's going to do next because it, he's he's definitely been pushing the pushing the boundaries each time. And the colour choices are spot on. 
um, the, the skin that he's done on all gots and the, the play drones really good. Really, yeah. really good. I think not to go too far off base, but listening to the new Triumvirate podcast on the way to work this morning, I think he's going to bring that basic scheme over to his Death Card army yeah. and stuff that he's working on as well, so he can tie some of the demon units into 40k, and it'd be nice to see a yeah, definitely just transition you know, straight over spread. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, let's say Gary, Gary again. It's really good to see him getting a painting on, and I know that he really, you know, really appreciated the painting on as well. So that's that's always good. Let's say a lot of the time, I, I the way I approach it is getting a painting nomination. I never expect it. It's always a great feeling when you do. So um, obviously winning's brilliant, but getting a nomination and being in the running's always uh, always always a, a nice little bonus. And um, so next up was Rod Ellis, our friend Rob. <laughs> um, <laughs> so again up with your Sylvan F buddy with your, with your new additions um, yeah yeah I think you need to work on work on laying out your models again it feels a bit it's a bit off but um, yeah it's just awesome you've, 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 it's just a really nice army really really nice the amount of conversions in it it's just mental yeah I think yeah. I, 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 I want to say I, I think um, well I don't think I know um that the army's kind of run its course now. I think it's time for something a bit different. Um, you know, I, you know, all, all the lovely comments that I get for mm. the sort of the work that I put in, and you know, I, obviously I know how much effort that I put into it, but it almost seems like it's uh, so it's, it's 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 getting to the point where it's it's in danger of being overexposed. Um, and I think you know, unless I do a couple of events. Know, travel to Newcastle or or Scotland or somewhere where people haven't seen it before. I think people are going to start getting a bit tired of it. It's not it's not the most technically best. You know, it's not a technically well painted army. I don't think. And, and it's a valid it's a valid comment. It does it does it definitely does happen. It really really does. But um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, awesome again. I don't want to dwell on it too much. I think maybe in the future, unless we make any dramatic changes, the armies we put up will kind of leave this as the the coverage that we do. To be fair. Um, yeah. and kind of skip over them because it's worth talking more about the other armies that are up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I think you're wrong. Shut up, Rob. That, that... Shut up. Stop talking about your army. Fucking hell. <laughs> but I, I've been told to be a bit more, uh, <laughs> a bit more, uh, less, well, less humble, I guess. But the, the one good thing was, was, was uh, you know, despite the the uh, six-hour journey up to Stockport was, you know, you do get that, you know, you get a different crowd, Um you know, people yes. that I perhaps haven't seen it before, and you know, I was getting some lovely comments, and you know, about the conversion work and and all the rest of it, and, and sort of people coming up, and it's almost nice to to not sit by your army and just sort of earwig into people's conversations as they're as they're walking past and get an almost an unbiased uh, opinion uh, that way of, of of the work you've done, and you know, I'm very very appreciative of everyone's kind comments, and just like you said, just to get nominated is. Is 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 uh, a blessing in itself. So, yeah, yeah I think um, you know perhaps run his course a little bit. Maybe Age of Santa in in uh, yeah, coming up to Christmas. But I think that the army will be put to bed and move forward <laughs> with my new projects nice. in 2025, <laughs> as you guys say. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be, let, let's not let's not joke about Rob. We're going to see that army for fucking ages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I have had, a, a, in all seriousness, I've had, a, a, you know, with the um, the free guild archer unit that I've done, I, I did have some thoughts about perhaps knocking out another two units of ten of those just to get rid of those dryad units. I think the uh, 
three guild archers suit the army a little bit better in the way it plays and I had some ideas for some other conversions to bring it more in line with a, a Sylvanith, you know, pure Sylvanith army, maybe get a Lariel done. Cool. I've got one built sat here. So, okay. you know, like Ian always said that, you know, it's nice to have a finished army that, you know, you can just perhaps just spend a week or two doing a one unit to add to it and, and sort of mix it up and, you know, renew people's interest when you do take it to events. So maybe uh, that's something I can look forward to in the future. Cool. Sounds good. Brilliant. Um, well, we're going to go on to the, the, the final um, the final army up for nomination, which is, yeah, this army, it's something else. It really, and I keep looking at it and it really is something else. So it's, I really, it's mental. yeah, I'd really recommend following uh, this guy on, um, on Twitter. So it's painted by G, um, is his Twitter hashtag. Um, and fuck it, just, it's it's like having a golden demon display standard, which is what he is. You know that is his, his painting is that level, um, churning out an army, and I can't stress. And I mean, he had a massive fucking display board, which was done really really well. But like in these things, you kind of almost have to look past the display board. So you could use a display board to kind of hide the weaknesses in your army, really. And for some people that will work, but I know that the judges at Face Hammer, because sorry, something we forgot to mention is that this was all uh, judges' vote, so they would look past this, um, and you look past the display board, and all you're confronted by is just an amazingly painted army. It's yeah, it really is phenomenal. This is the kind of things. What it, you know, it makes me think of is you know when you were a kid and you used to look at the old. Like Mike McKay, Mike, um, uh, what's is it, McKay? McVeigh. McVeigh. So Mike McVeigh's like dioramas and stuff. You're like, oh, they're amazing. This is what it feels like looking at something as an adult. Um, you know, there's conversions and there's kit bashes in there. There is really great basing. I mean, it is using what you see a lot of the death players use, which is the the gone more kit. But it's again, that's been beautifully painted, free hands on the banner. I, I can't can't go on enough about it. It's just fantastic. I knew as soon as that comes out, I know I've never got a ch- million in one chance of winning <laughs> a best painted trophy. I was I was eyeing up that sword until he turned up. Uh, I was like I, I I knew that I probably wouldn't have won it even without him there. Um, but I, I knew I was you know especially with some of the advice that I took on from and some of the feedback that I took on from Russ from you know the showings at other events. You know, I know I'd made a little bit of an extra effort to work on the things that they'd pointed out, and you know, you still see that turn up. And I hopefully, you know, dethrone Ian as my nemesis <laughs> in, in over the last couple of events. Maybe you know, a new, um, you know, with, with it being judges voted. Um, but you see that turn up, you go, for fuck's sake, Joey, <laughs> you might as well go and give him the sword. Like, and no disrespect to anyone else, right? And this is not, you know, this is not a case of, you know, everyone else's army was subpar and this guy's army was good. This guy's army was just the effort. I mean, maybe if Ian had knocked out a really nice display board, perhaps, um, you know, but like you said, I think that it was a very rare occurrence where a display board enhanced the effect of an army yeah. rather than, yeah. you know, you'd add it. Because it's on different tiers, it's almost like you only get 
I don't know if, you, if you've gone to many tea parties, but you get brought out that little like couple of tiered things, all your little scones on it and stuff, and you have all the different tiers and different things on different tiers, and that's what that that's what that display board did. It's kind of sing, singled out different models so it drew the eye, and you looked at different things and you picked different things out, and the way that the bases were done to fit in with that, it's just overall. It was just no competition. When as soon as he unveiled that, I was like, I might as well just go and buy. I looked up those swords online, then maybe see if I could buy one myself <laughs> and just get an engraved. You know, it's better luck yeah. next time, Rob. It's very impressive. The fact it's not an elite army as well. No. Yeah. The fact it's there's loads of skeletons which have all been painted to the same standard. Yeah. Is just adds an extra level of. Um, Effort to get it finished. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean you've got um, what two zombie two zombie dragons in there, loads of skeleton warriors, mounts. You've got some black knights in there, a couple of bat swarms, characters. Is, I just want to just hold that point. There is there is one conversion you probably saw it, and it's a white king yeah. on 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 mm-hmm. horseback, and with that banner with all with 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 the great detail on the banner. Now I, I was talking to him outside in the car park after a you know after a couple of uh, rounds and is it, and this is going back to saying about the, the free hand on the the carriage and boats. A lot of that stuff on that banner and I, I hopefully I'm not giving away these trade secrets but he openly told me. So um was Transfers yeah. and, and, yeah. uh, from like uh, from it... like world bearers and stuff from the fourth yeah. world, all that scribbling writing and stuff. But the, the composition and, and again, it's using the tools available to you to create an effect. You know, it doesn't matter whether you freehand them, whether you use the deck or the or, sorry transfer. That um, you know, it creates the same effect. It doesn't really matter which one it was. Like you said, with the garage and stuff, it it looks good and it, it has that effect and. Yeah, I think that was my favourite. That's probably my favourite model of the event, potentially, just the way it was executed and the detail that was put into it. I thought it was amazing. Yep, it is, it is a very much a standout model. It's one of the ones I specifically took a photo of. <clears throat> and yeah. so it's got like an ethereal skirt on the horse and it's, it's beautifully blended and highlighted. It's just, yeah, it's just a really, really good army. So it was quite interesting to kind of have the Ian Gilmore versus the painted by G. So, Ian, what was your what was your thoughts about about the army when it was unveiled? What, what did you because you know obviously you, you love going to events and winning all these painting trophies. <laughs> I um, I thought the Graham's army was going to win because mm-hmm. um, it's a combination the the paint jobs really good conversions the number of models the combination of the scenery as well as part of the display board and the display board itself. I thought it was, um, it was just the overall package for want of a better word was yeah. just on a different level to everybody else's. Yeah. I think I agree with that. I think display boards are always tricky because they can, they can turn people off because they, mm. you know, they'll get, I'm not being fooled by this. Um, yeah. But I think the key thing, and it's one of the things actually I said to one of our guys when they talk about doing armies and praying and said, you want to, if you, if you're doing a display board, don't worry too much about how amazing it is. But if you can create that layered, that tiered effect, it means that people don't have to stoop down to look at your models. So you can dictate how they see and how they take on your models. Yeah. Again, it's, it's all about comp- it's, it's composition. And again, it's, it's drawing the eye in. Mm-hmm. It's having stuff that, 
oh, what's that? And then yeah. as soon as you look at, oh, what's that? Then you look at your eyes drawn something else. And then it tell you know, you, you sort of almost follow it around. You think, oh, you know, and all of a sudden you're looking at all these amazingly well-painted up, you know, models. And if there's, the key thing is, I think is, like Ian said about, you know, even the skeletons is, if you were to, you know, if your eye gets drawn in and you, you look at a centerpiece, say maybe one of the, the, the dragons, and then you look at, you follow it around, you look, start looking at other units. If any of the other units are subpar, it will kind of turn you off a little bit, yeah. and you'll probably stop looking at it and you move on to the next army. But because the level was so good on each of them, it kind of, well, okay, well, that's, that's just amazing, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You think, sort of think to yourself, well, actually, that's not flawless necessarily because there were sort of, you know, little bits of conversions and here and there, and this is purely from a conversion standpoint because as a painter, you know, I can't even comment. Um, but there are a few bits and bobs. Well, no, there's a few bits and bobs on the conversions that I thought could have been, and this is the only criticism. Right? I'm not, not gonna, I don't want to sound like I'm hating or anything, but there's a few, there's a few that could have been executed slightly better, um, just with some of how the cloaks were on the guys because he used a lot of the um, right thinking he used some of the Manfred torsos from the Mortark kits for his guys on the zombie dragons I'm pretty sure um, and used some of their cloaks and the way that they interacted with the model could have been slightly better and all it would have taken would have been heated up and because they're quite flimsy yeah. like bent in slightly different areas so they they, they looked and this is you know I, I, you know perhaps yeah, again, this whole humble thing. Maybe you know, maybe I, you know, I am an authority on this kind of thing with the, the reposing and that. I think that they could have been done slightly better, but that's that is nitpicking. Do you know what I mean, that is like this. It was clearly the winner, and it was an amazing army. And I don't want to sound like like I'm having a go at the guy, but that would be the only thing that. I can't, you know. Don't think it's going to be taking the other going. Uh, having a coat no. at all, mate. Well, no, but and, you know what um, I mean. Like, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm, bit, you know, like yeah, it's, don't like, worry. It's, quite, it's an amazing army. You, know? you don't need to explain yourself. You, you've put your point across very well, um, and you've you've kind of revealed there that um, yeah. So the, the, the winners. Um, so second place um, was Ian. Um, and joint because apparently they couldn't decide between the two. Couldn't choose. It was Ian and Chris. Um, so Chris, Moore, Chris, Chris Mills, Chris Mills. with his uh, yeah. with his, uh, his Stormcast, which we, which we were talking about, and Ian. So he went up for a cheeky photo together. So Ian, obviously, that was just a normal day for you, really, at an event. Um, but big props <laughs> to uh, Chris. It's um, you know, I came second last year, so you know, take taking my crown from me this year. Good work, good work. And um, <clears throat> comes as no surprise, I'm sure, to everyone else that um, uh, Painted by G took the took the big trophy. Um, you know that's just not a shock. It's so good. He's he's kind of set a new bar really for armies um, that you need to look to. If you if you are seriously going, I'm going to want to go to events and I want to win painting trophies. Um, that's yeah. the bar now. I do not go to one that he's at. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, 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 it's all right. Well, sort do of it. Lead on to, no, do it. Yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, lead Raise on to a question that someone yeah. uh, put up in Twitter. Well, we'll take uh, we'll take later on. We'll take a quick break and um, we'll get, hit those questions hard because we've got some good ones which we'll which we'll cover, and that will be that'll be us for this for this episode. All right. Back in a minute.
Um, so welcome back from the break. Something we did forget to mention, which was the paint hammer, uh, paint hammer, face hammer painting um, competition. So it's specific categories. Um, you had to enter GW models that were not in your army. Uh, and then there was an open category for whatever you wanted. Um, so I felt a little bit bad for the guys because I, I personally didn't enter anything um, initially because... I just hadn't painted anything. I didn't have the time to get anything in, in for the competition. Um, and nothing I'd painted did I feel would be up to the standard of the stuff that was in there. So that was my bad. I think there were a few people who kind of felt the same. So there weren't that many entries, which I, which was bad. So uh, all three of us have said we're going to specifically paint things for to enter next year. Um, we don't want to go through the entries too much because obviously there's an awful lot we've, we've talked about so far and we don't want to kind of drag the episode out. But we want to say well done to... Um, so the categories we had, uh, Painted by G won the kind of the best um, kind of uh, monster kind of character um, with his... with his. Um, it's not... What's the name of the character that got on the ball? Um he went overall with Gorbada and Claw. That, that was it. So that, that was overall, he was the best. He, so, he was best yeah. in show or yeah. best, whatever. Best they in show it. was the Gorbada. Yes, that's right. And then yeah. hero hero went to uh, uh, was, Andy Burton's Andy Burton's Necromancer. Brilliant, which I'm, is very nice. I'm glad you remember this. My brain's completely um, gone. Painted by G won best unit for um, boots. He also won best monster for his weird demon thing yeah it was a was... creature caster kind of plague demon yeah really really nice and really really nice. uh gary hensey won the open with the unit yeah. of imperial fists yep so he has some primaris nice. marines painted up so that's all super super chuffed for him so well done for everyone for for the trophies for those categories um i don't want to go over it too much because i'm sure face Hammer will cover it in depth because um, it's their their baby but um i would encourage everybody to you know the monster category had no entries nothing nobody put anything in um and i hadn't realized actually it was gw models only so i was going to bring scarrick up uh but left them at home so i couldn't have even entered him if i had so not only that but read the actual <laughs> rules for entry into the categories but i think next yeah, year I was, glad, I was glad for them i mean i, I should have put one away if, I, if i'd known and, and read the pack there's you know rebase one of my phoenixes maybe yeah and brought that up because it would have Default winner, but yeah, I did I feel bad for the guys. I think next year we need to we need to put the effort in, get some entries, paint some models, get some entries in. So we'll be doing that in the run up to the next face hammer as long as they keep these painting competitions going. So uh, yeah, bring your A game, guys, because we're we're putting our stuff in again. Um, so I want to go on to some listener questions. Sorry we didn't cover that like in, in an awful lot of detail. There were some great entries in there, but um, like I said, it's their baby, so I don't want to take, take any thunder away from the work they'll do on that. Um, so I asked for some questions. Obviously, we've got some kind of in the bank, um, but I wanted to kind of see some fresh ones, kind of keep us, keep us ticking over. So we've had, some, we've had some good ones I think are really worth covering. Um, so this will be the final section. Um, so we have one from Ben Price, um, great guy. Uh, I think he's just had a baby actually as well, so congratulations. So he said, do you think the number of people who focus on winning best painted is equivalent to those wanting to win the tournament? What do you two think? Yes or no? Um, I don't know. Coming from somebody who's never tried to win a tournament on playing the game. <laughs> I'm not really sure what kind of percentage of people actually yeah, okay. are optimistic to win. Yeah. Rob? So I don't know. 
Rob? He's on podium. Well, he's on, think, he's on... No, I'm here. I'm here. I think um, given if you took the fact that how many podcasts are out there about the gaming side and how many podcasts there are about painting and stuff and obviously the, the you know the more general podcasts do cover off you know how well they paint and all the rest of it and you guys like Pray Summer and Black Sun and all the rest of it you know awards coming out of there you know what I don't think there's as many but I think the competition is as fierce if not more so see I, I, think, would... you know, I you know I, I look at one thing this is what you know what I was alluding to earlier was you know painting by G stuff was amazing but it sure has put a rocket up my ass to get my other stuff done not only to get it done you know not, not as if you know, dethroning Ian was uh, motivation enough um, actually you know knowing that that's what the standard you know that that's what the standard potentially could be you know not only Ian's stuff but his and everyone else's you know and not to sort of sound like I'm downplaying anyone else's sort of abilities as painters, but setting that bar has motivated me to really, really go off and do it. And in perhaps the same way that, you know, coming third or not podium at an event might do to a, a guy who's more interested in the competitive side, I'm going to go off and put just as much, if not more, work in as, you know, a, a competitive player who wants to win games and win best general and all the rest of it, or best in race, you know, I'm, I'm arguably going to put more. I'm certainly going to put more man hours. See, into... I, I think I, I, I agree with you in regards to upping your gaming uh, and putting something out there that you feel is going to be better than what you were doing or currently doing. I agree with that, but I don't think there's many people, I genuinely do not think, and I've most certainly not met any, that go into an event going, I am going, or even the build-up to an event, I'm going to win Best Painter. This is what I'm going to win. I don't, I've never met anyone that's had that mentality. I've never had it. Um, I know a lot of the, the TBS guys haven't. I mean, I've made choices. I know the reason why. I know no, the reason no, why that no, is. I've made choices where I've changed my list to put in stronger options for painting nominations, particularly when there's soft scores involved, because I know I'll be rewarded for these things. But it's never been... I've never done it because I don't think you can. You, you, you can't build yourself up as a painter. If you build yourself up going, right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it for best painter. I'm going to win it. I'm going to do all this stuff and do this. And, this. and then if you don't win it, it's you, you've, because once you're at the event, that's it. You've, there's nothing else you can do. You've got zero. You can't, you can't hope your games go well, et cetera, et cetera. All that prep, there's nothing else you can do on the day. So I think if anyone has ever done that, I think they've ultimately ended up disappointed and realised that actually what I need to do is just be involved. And that's why people get so happy they just get nominated. Um, and it's not being humble and everything. I think a lot of the time is people realise that if you're playing a game of AOS, it's a very, very strict information in regards to not information a very strict set of guidelines on how you win that game there's very strict guidelines on how you win an event there isn't that for best painted or any any kind of army trophy um from a hobby perspective it's completely open and some people some armies win events for painting that you just you wouldn't have expected um and it does happen and a lot of people talk about it and then people try and work out why that is the case so my ultimate answer to that question would be 
No, I don't think there is. I don't think there's many people, if any, that go to a tournament saying, I'm going to win Best Painted. That's why I'm here. I think the my aim when I go to tournaments is to get nominated in the painting. Yeah. And then as soon as you get, that's the goal. And then it's out of your hands. Yeah. So you can't then you can't control the judge's choice or the what people vote for. It definitely would, um, particularly when it's player votes. That that can go anyway. Yeah. You know, it's, there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it at all. Ben, no, good question. A little bit of I a mean, different, I, different I, sort of opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to seem like I'm backpedaling, um, but I think um, what I probably meant to the point I was trying to get across was yes, people, you know. I think because it's, it's so subjective that people aren't going to, you don't necessarily go to a, you know, it's a lot more clear cut if someone's played a load of games, they know a list really well, it's very competitive and all the rest of it, they, they've probably got a good idea that if the matchups are right, then they're going to get good results on the table and all the rest of it. Like you guys said, you can, you can paint your army to the best of your ability and just hope that you get nominated and then, and, and all the rest of it. But I, I I think, and from what the thing, the point I was trying to make was that it's just as competitive from wanting to better yourself and do better. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's competitive. It is definitely competitive. You know, like I, you know, I, I look at it and think, I, you know, I want to up my game. Do you know what I mean? I look at Ian's army, your army, Chris's army, Byron's army. Painted by G's I mean, everyone else's army that gets nominated, and even those that don't, you, you take tips and hints and and all the rest of it, and ideas and inspiration from every army and every sure. model, your hobbyist you you interact with, and you know I think that level of, that's what I mean by the level of I think you know painters are just as competitive, uh, yeah, no, as, agree as I... players, but I don't think there's I don't think that people like you said I don't think people you know people go in because there is so much. But it's out of your hands, isn't it? Like you said, you go there, if you get nominated, happy days. And then it's just the luck of the, not luck of the draw, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a good question. It's interesting. I, th- I agree. We, def- we definitely is competitive, for sure. Definitely is competitive. But it isn't about the winning. It's about the competing, which is it's kind of an interesting difference. Um, so the next question we had was for Jamie the Jasper, which is at Lord underscore Celestant. So he said, what opportunities do you think Shades Buyer presents for painters and painters and modellers? So we've kind of hit on this a little bit already. And I think we all agree that we like the idea of painting lower model count forces. You, know, you can do that extra, extra mile with it. I think it's also very interesting um, about the idea that you can buy these little factions and can kind of collect them and paint them. I can see a yeah. lot of people doing that. Yeah, I can see myself picking up quite a few of them. Yeah, just have a just have a break from doing a different project. Mm-hmm. That's not another full army. For sure. And interesting, interestingly, for modelers, I don't think there's. It doesn't strike me as conversions being initially a big thing. No, I totally agree. I think it's it, at least initially, and I suspect the way they're aiming it towards the competitive gaming that the models need to be very obviously matching the card yeah um there's obviously there's going to we'll see how the um how the dust settles but i can't my at the moment i can't see conversions being a big part of it i think it's going to be more painting yeah 
and I actually, to add to that as well, I actually wouldn't be surprised um, if actually painting is not a big factor with the models. Yeah. They're being pre-coloured and people just use them straight out of the box. Yeah. What do you think in regards to the modelling perspective, Rob? What's your thoughts on it being the modeller? <laughs> um, I think perhaps with lower model count gangs or warbands, for want of a better word, um, you know, for instance, the Stormcast one, which I'm going to be doing, that guy, you know, the, the, the main guy with his sword in the ground, yeah. you know, he might look quite cool with a, with a head swap, with a, you know, helmeted head or whatever, or, you know, um, you know the guy with the big double-handed um, yeah. hammer, perhaps in a slightly different pose maybe, or, you know, I, I don't see there being much more in the way that you could do with, with any of them um, without, like you said, without them. I mean, you know, you could quite easily, you know, paint a little little dot on the base, you know, blue dot is so-and-so, red dot is so-and-so, yellow dot is so-and-so. I mean, I don't think there's, a, you know, you know there's, there's plenty of ways around the confusion of which models represent which cards and stuff. I don't think that's necessarily a problem, but I don't think there's, I don't think that's the, the, the market they're necessarily going for. I th- um, I think you've 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 kind of hit hit the nail on the head, really. To be fair, by saying that people will want to individualise their models, so they stand out, say compared to their opponents, but they're not going to yeah. be dramatically changed. No. I think one one thing for me as well, it'd, it'd be quite cool um, to you know, I could I could potentially see myself getting two or three of the, the shades by a not sorry, sorry, the Stormcast warband and paint them in different colours. Yeah. To as test models. Um, you know, if if I you know in two minds about whether I wanna do an anvils of Held and Hammer or the whatever the ivory guides guys are called. Um to do two lots and you know, when you're doing a test model, if it turns out something that you're not quite sure on in say the army that you wanna go ahead and do. It's usually a waste. Sure. But with these, but only being three models, it's not, you know, you can just paint the other ones up and it's not a waste almost. And, you know, I could see myself maybe having two or three Stormcast guys or Warbands that were and, and maybe individualising them a little bit so that they look a little bit different. Maybe like chug a helmet on one or, you know, maybe using um, Neve's Black Talon's head or some other female head on. Then Harrod, you know, model. So I think that would be quite cool. Um, but yeah, I don't think necessarily that people are going to go wild with conversions. It's going to be more of a painting. <clears throat> yeah, I think a lot of people will use it as an opportunity. I think you you either get people who want to get them painted on the table, people who really want to use it as an opportunity to really push their painting, um, or you're going to get those who actually just go, no, no, I just want to just want to play the game. I'm, I'm not fussed about painting. And I think that in this medium. They're all completely and totally valid. Um, cool. Um, so the next one, I know you were particularly keen on talking about this one, Rob, so uh, we're going to leave that till last. <laughs> um, we've got a couple of questions come in um, a little bit late, um, which I just want to quickly cover because I think they're quite good. So uh, this is a quick fire one, and I want quick answers off you two. 
So ignoring the war bands that have been announced, so this is from Chris Welfare at uh, Wounded Mortally, so ignoring the war bands that have been announced, which war band would you most like to see in Shadespire and why? Like a noble elf kind of war band. So, like, not necessarily high elf, Mm -hmm. but, um, like, uh, as high elf as it will probably get in AOS. But quite high fantasy. Good elves. Yeah, high fantasy elves. You know, one with perhaps a, you know, you imagine one with a, like an ether wing on his arm and, you know, another guy in a really sort of dramatic post swinging his massive weapon chopper at someone. Um, another one casting a, you know, you imagine you have like a ranger, a knight and yeah. a mage, that kind of thing. Or, you know, anything kind of else. You could go wanderer with it. You could go dark elf with it necessarily, but you could have that mixture of, Almost like your classic D and D party. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have your scout, your your warrior, your your mage. I think that that'd be quite cool. Nice, good idea, Ian. I think I'd quite like to see some like religious warrior priest types. Okay. Like like another guy from Warhammer Quest. Yes. Um, like a faction with that kind of um stylistic versions of multiple like you know followers of Sigma, Sigma flagellants yeah like flagellants that type of thing so religious little, nut does little Griffin maybe possibly yeah that'd be good cool I like that yeah. um, I'm going to go with uh, Eshin I just think they'd be awesome yeah just proper yeah. I just want to play assassins and fucking really quick scaven guys running around stabbing people and nicking objectives that sounds good. Just be cool. I think it just look cool and be cool to play. That's a th- who doesn't like throwing stars and daggers? It's definitely potential for lots of dynamic models there. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, they, they look proper awesome. Um, I was I was thinking with one little idea I had for um, my Shade Spire gang. I'm going to keep keep calling them gangs from now on. Like, right. Um, my little Stormcast gang was do like um use perhaps uh, one of the circular bases that I think I don't know what size it is, one that Scarbrand and the Lord of Change come on mm. and do like a little display base for them okay, that's a good idea like a little vignette Yeah. you know, with little things that the, the bases slot into, yeah. almost like the way that Forge World do their character series and maybe do it like that and sort of, and, and have something that kind of really is sort of going to find detail with little like a little vents and grills and little underworld little paving stones yeah, and cool. stuff and maybe do it as like a golden demon display sort of thing maybe in the future but it looked good on the sideboard as well because you obviously you put your models on and take them off as they die as well it was quite a good idea yeah. good little idea actually um, so yeah I haven't thought of anything like that I just think yeah Eshin stab people in the back with daggers sounds legit <laughs> <laughs> um so next up we had um, uh, his Twitter is MJ uh, at Beach Tree Project with that T at the end. Um, he said, how are inexperienced players like me received at tourneys and what can I do to make it a good game for my opponent? I'm all about the fun. I will say number one thing, at no point do you ever need to be worrying about making the game good or enjoyable for your opponent. You just don't need to unless you're an absolute dick and people have told you you're horrendous to play against. Just don't worry about it. Jen, which is my wife, she plays. It's one of her biggest things that she always worries about. Am I giving this person a good game? The answer is always yes. They're always enjoying themselves. So don't worry about it. Tournaments, 
perfectly fine just to go to an event and just play it. As long as you've got a basic understanding of the game, you understand how your units work. Don't be afraid of asking how your opponents works. Just don't. That's how you learn. Just play the games. Just stick to a game plan and play. As long as you're enjoying yourself, 99.9% of the time, you, your opponents can be enjoying themselves. And the tournament seems fantastic. I can just straight away think of all the different people you get to play and you just love it. And as long as you take some, just if you know you're going to lose, you two are perfect examples. Rob and Ian, you, you know this challenge. You're just going to lose. And you just take it with good grace and you just enjoy the game. Enjoy the game for what it is. The game isn't about winning. The game isn't about losing. The game is about rolling dice with your mates over maybe a couple of beers or a cup of coffee and some water and just having fun at laughing at what happens on the table. And that's what the tournament seems like. So you never need to worry about being a new player. And I guarantee, first event, you'll walk away with a couple of mates and that will keep growing to every event you go to. You just have a great group of people. So I can't encourage you enough to play. That's what I would I totally, I totally agree with you. When... When I first started going to events, I don't play outside of events. And when I when I walked up to meet new opponents, I said, look, I don't play very often, so if I get anything wrong, it's not deliberate. And can you tell me I'm getting things wrong so I can learn from it? And, yeah, it's all been... There's been no problems whatsoever, and loves every minute of it. So I'd echo, I'd echo that sentiment entirely. I think if you if you make it clear, I mean, I, you know, as I have done over the recent tournaments, is say, look, if I mess, if I miss something, if I forget to do something that may seem like I'm playing for advantage, it's not me playing for advantage. You know, remind me if I fail to roll a battle shock here or do this there. You know, it's you know, I'm I'm still learning. Um, one thing I will say for those that you know, one good bit of advice is to play for the story. Play, play. You know, like do something, do something memorable. Do you know what I mean? Throw that. You know, chuck your your dudes into that combat. See what happens. Do you know what I mean? Have a laugh. You know, have have a good story to tell at the end of it. You know, our, you know, my unit did this and it almost killed this guy. Do you know what I mean? Or you know, if it weren't for a little few dice rolls here and there, you know, I might have drawn. You know, against. You know some really good tournament play, you know, and you know you can walk away just just chuffed, you know. And if if you're if you've got if you're going into it with that kind of attitude, then the guy across the table from you um, is going to respect that, you know, regardless of your ability. Um, yeah, just just have a laugh. Yeah, no, totally agree, and that's it. It's people go to events. Some people go just to win. But if you're just going to enjoy yourself, a lot of the time you won't get to play them because they'll be up on the top tables playing their own very particular game. And they're so few and far between, so few and far between. Everyone just goes to enjoy themselves. So get yourself to events. Honestly, nothing to worry about. Come and say hi. Come and say, you know, if, if, you, if you see us, then, you know, do that. It's brilliant. Um, so we've only got two questions left. So next one was from um, Hojo, um, and he said, "Tips for those who want to paint adequately from uh, sorry who can paint adequately from Warhammer TV tutorials, but are looking to improve to a higher standard." Um, to be honest, the only answer to that really is just practice. Those tutorials are fantastic, as far as I see them. Really, really, really good. Just take those and try different bits and bobs out. Watch other tutorials on YouTube hear of a technique you've not heard of before if someone's saying wet blending just research it get some space marines out practice it 
that, that's all it is painting is purely practicing and trying out new things yeah totally agree 90 percent practice um you can and the difference probably between going from the tutorial videos to the next stage is more stages essentially um so it's either blending or mixing paints or um doing it where it was three or four layers is now five or six just to get it smoother and more and yeah but 90 percent is practice definitely yeah, no, crap, we agree, and that, that's it. Uh, you know, and I would say YouTube in particular, I use it a lot. Just watch people paint different techniques, and there's lots of different ways it's put forward. Sometimes you'll pick it up off other te- um, ways it's presented better than others. So yeah, just really practice. It's just one of those things. Practice and don't be afraid to experiment. Try something out. Break out of your comfort zone. Try some different colors. Say I'm going to paint this this model, but I'm going to use another manufacturer's colors. I'm going to paint this white. I'm not used to white, and try out different techniques. Just mess about. Just sometimes don't worry too much about the end result, and just try something different just to see what it looks like. I think one thing to, to add to that from someone who's had recent experience is just finish a project and and don't look back. Move on or, in, in, so, yeah, move on. Some, and I, I don't. Well, I don't. I don't mean when I say don't. Back, don't you know? Don't sort of ignore the things that you've learnt during that previous process. But you know, don't don't think you've got to go back to an army. Take what you've learnt and you know, start something new. You know, remembering what you've learnt, and you'll naturally get better. Like I look back back on the stuff that's half finished from projects and. You know, I'd love to go back to them, but they are what they are. And you know, now that you know my mixed order army, I want to kind of put to bed almost. You know, I've learned so much from that army, and not just from painting it, but from the feedback that I've had from then completing it. Yeah, I think that's another that's another thing. Getting that, you know, getting the critique, getting the you know the constructive criticism of people, and you know, people out there, you know, sort of it seem, might seem intimidating taking your your your, your freshly painted army to one of these events. And have people you know, look at it, critique it, you know, take that on board. Everyone's a, you know, everyone in the scene's a, a genuinely nice person, and, and you know, if they have, do have things to offer up, then it's usually come from a place of experience. And just take that on board, implement it the next time around. Remember what you know people have said, and, and just move on, and you just will naturally get better. Well, I'll tell you what, that jumps us straight back straight into the next question, which is one I wanted to finish on. So it's Alice there. Um, um, at is a Kauhauki K O U H A I K O U. Um, he said it's not so much a question, but I get what he's saying. But he said killing hobby perfectionism on big armies. Um, he can't play with models that he's not 100% happy with, and it kills his pro- productivity. Uh, it's why he prefers things like Blood Bowl. So Rob, it was something I know you said you were quite keen to kind of talk about. Yeah, I think um, he was always a. Uh... The thing that kind of stopped me from finishing any project was not necessarily being happy with the models I painted, but being, you know, wanting every single figure that I painted to be the best that it could possibly be. And not only spending perhaps too much time on painting a single miniature, but getting overly frustrated that in my mind's eye, I had a picture of what you know, I thought I could achieve and getting frustrated that I'm not achieving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
and as as Ian said, you know, what was your what's your saying, Ian? Uh, perfection is the enemy of productivity, which is exactly and quite pretentious. Yeah. Well, yeah, you are quite pretentious. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> um, but going back to what we said just a minute ago was is finishing a project and moving on, finishing something, moving on, and you know, I I think um, I think it's a conversation me and you had Ian. Um, there's, I can never pronounce his surname, but it's, I don't know if he still works for Heavy Metal. Uh, I think he's got an into miniature design now. But Joe Tomazowski, yeah. the guy who, um, you know, he, he did the non metallic blue Marnius Cow guy. He's won countless golden demons at Heavy Metal Painter. He's done all the Heavy Metal Masterclasses, you know. He, he, but if you look at his Necron army that he's done, his Necron warriors aren't, you know, they, they could probably appear on a box heart, but then certainly not top, top end. You know, he, he's painted, he's painted an army rather than individually painting every single miniature. And that's probably perhaps the biggest thing that I got out of the mindset that my dryads are terrible. Um, they're, they're nowhere near painted to my top standard but I had to paint 30 of the fuckers mm. do you know what I mean like, I'm not going to sit there and paint every single dryad and line highlight and blend each colour and pick out the little spots you know, the top spots on all the branches and all the rest of it because otherwise I'd never you know I'd still be painting them now you know um, you know, you just need to accept that you know paint individual and this perhaps something to lead on for in, you know individual model painting is different to army painting if you want to you know yes you know, you've got some armies out there that look like each individual miniature is you know painted individually and not as an army and that's why those guys win awards like Ian's like painted by G's like Matt has done in the past like all the other top top painters you've got to realise that that's the top echelon mm. of painting and I, I mean think- that's the top 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 and to get to that level, you know, you you know, don't. Yes, if you want to aim for that level, then that's great. Yeah, it's more competition for everyone. But don't be disheartened by just paint. You know, don't underestimate the value of finishing a project, painting an army, getting on the table, getting compliments because you will, and that's positive reinforcement. You go away, you paint your next army slightly better, and then eventually, you know, you will paint an army that is getting nominated and then you'll you'll win an event and then that'll reinforce your next project and so on and so on and so on don't be afraid to follow finish off a project and get it done that's the main thing one of the things that people like chris does and i i kind of i i do it in a similar vein as well which is when i look at an army a lot of the time nowadays i go right i'm going to paint it to this standard so it'll be tabletop it'll be speed painted it will be my higher so it may be just be a base coat and washed and one highlight or i might try and say I'm going to push myself to paint better, you know, paint better or try a new technique or try a new uh, batch of paints out. If you say to yourself, I'm going to paint an army to the best of my ability, it's quite tough because it's quite general. A lot of times it doesn't actually mean anything. The best of your ability for what? The best of your ability for what? Dry brushing or wet blending or, but if you try these out, treat them as little projects, just give yourself a goal and make it realistic. 
if it works, crack on with it. If it doesn't, just go, right, okay, let's stop there. Let's go back. Let's reassess. I've done it numerous times trying to paint models yellow, trying to paint models white. Uh, I've mentioned about the uh, pearlescent white scheme. I'd like four different models. This poor, this poor liberator went through paint stripping four times just to kind of get an effect I was happy with. So make it realistic. And also with painters, it's never perfect. People can tell us that model's amazing. It's literally perfect. I can't tell you how to improve it. We we know we know where the, the you know the weak points are. You know that's that's just yep. the way it is. That's just the way it is. Hundred percent. I mean, people can look at you know from a conversion standpoint as well because it's not just painting. You know, I, I you know, people look at my stuff and think oh, that's that's really cool or there's something other, and I'll be like, yeah, that I didn't pull that off or. Exactly. That, that you know, there's I can see like a gap there or something that you know I, I could have done better, unless, you know, perhaps potentially. And mm. it's all you know, it's all very subjective. And it's, it's what you know, if you're happy with it, there's nothing like finishing a project. And speaking from someone that's only recently just done that and getting all the good vibes from all the feedback that I've had from it, trust me, just get the project done, move on to something else. Brilliant. Well, I think that's um, that's all the questions answered, and there's some great feedback. So I think we're we're going to call it there. Um, so thanks for coming on again, guys. Um, I'm not going to worry about individual Twitter feeds. Just follow us on Twitter. Um, it's at ProPainted. Um, if people can leave us reviews on iTunes, it'd be great. Just makes us an awful lot easier to to follow. Please, please do keep the feedback coming over. If you've got some great ideas, please do let us know and um, keep an eye on the blog posts. We're going to get those going a bit more, uh, including the one for this episode. So, anything you guys want to say finally before we go? Nope. Excellent. Um, I'm, I'm all good, thank you. Cool, okay. Right, well, we'll, we'll catch you next time. Um, no, we won't be specifically after any particular event, but there's a few different bits and bobs coming on, and hopefully some updates on Shadespire. So catch us next time. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. I'm recording this because this could be the last thing I'll ever say. I once knew as home is teetering on the edge of radioactive oblivion. A 300,000 degree baptism by nuclear fire. I'm not sorry. We had it coming. A surge of white hot atonement will be our wake-up call. Hope for our future is now a stillborn dream. Bombs begin to fall and I'm rushing to meet my love. Please remember me. There is no more.
say Rob don't know Rob he's gone all, he's gone all quiet he's on fully on mute is he on mute and he doesn't... oh sorry so, hello yeah sorry I didn't <laughs> <laughs> um, at it again <laughs>